Hey, when does the show start? Okay, okay. It's time for four hours of intellectually immature nonsense. What's this monkey business going on today? This is The Bailey Show. Okay, let's do this. The BS. Let's go, you dumb idiots. With Bailey. I, I say I'm an idiot all the time if I screw up. Nikki D. She's Nikki D. She's an influencer. Hey. <laughs> Nelson. Classic Nelson. This choked when the pressure was on. Son of The Bailey Show. All right, there it is, a Tuesday, the 18th day of April, 2023. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey right there. That is Nikki D. That is me. Happy Tuesday. And there's Nelson. Good afternoon. Your phone number, 916-909-0985. Always free. And get the podcast on the Odyssey app, as well as the baileyshow.com. And on social media, listen to the BS on the Instagram and the Facebook. Today's a big day because uh, the conversation that I had with M Shadows from uh, Avenged Sevenfold was released via the Odyssey check-in, which is something they have me do for all the stations in the format across the country, which is really, really cool. It's such an honor, and I enjoy doing it because I like having those conversations. And then we can air those interviews, uh, those conversations, as I like to call them, when they air theirs. Right. It's the same thing, but they go first and then we go second. <laughs> uh, and it was a very lengthy conversation with M. Shadow, so we'll have to split that up into two different parts. So we'll do it at the top of the 4 o'clock hour and the top of the 5 o'clock hour. They've got a new album. Uh, their new single is uh, for Avenged Sevenfold fans. They might scratch their head and go, what is this? <laughs> um, you know, so it's pretty cool. You know, it's it's neat to see other outlets pick stuff like that up, like blabbermouth.net. Yeah, I saw that article. So that's kind of neat. I enjoy that. So, did y'all get your taxes done? My tax has been done months ago. Did you go to the same lady in the shopping center? No, my friend did it this time. Does she any experience doing taxes? <laughs> yes, she has experience doing taxes. Well, and like, she's an accountant. Okay, but you look at me like I'm crazy for asking this question. I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. I know you think that I don't always go to reputable people. <laughs> I only had one bad encounter. Dude, she went to this lady <laughs> that she met at church. Oh, God. And and she did taxes in some rundown shopping plaza. <laughs> and, like, she, and she wonders why she got scammed. It was with the guy with the in the Statue of Liberty outfit. That right, flips, the flips, signs. Flips, flips no. The signs. no, no, no. That's that's actually a real life CPA type business. <laughs> this woman was just solo. I don't even think she was in the storefront. I think she was out front <laughs> <laughs> with a stolen Girl Scout cookies table. <laughs> no, she was just doing some shisty stuff. I believe never that got I can her trust check. People never got at a return. No, you never got a return. She took your return. I ended up getting it. It just took months for me oh. to get it. It took a long time. It was a personal check she had to write her. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. She did some shisey stuff for sure. Oh. And you went to her for how many years? Did who? You went to her for how many years? I went to her for two years. Two years. Yeah. So the first year, everything was fine. The second year was when it got scammy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, that's how they get you. You know, they reel you in. Right. And then yeah. once you're hooked, the first, they scam you. The first bump's free. <laughs> And then she got an attitude with me, which is what I really couldn't believe once she like got busted and she sent me a text message talking about me, but she was trying to send it to somebody else. Ooh. Yeah. That's what they do. They, <laughs> they want you to get angry, get in an argument, make yeah. up, develop a relationship, bring no. you close to Would you say you thought that you could trust her because she went to church? 
because she went to my church. She seemed like an honest woman who was just trying to have her own business, and I wanted to support her business. There's a couple altar boys out there that were saying the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I could trust them. Thought I could trust them, but no. What would you rather do? Do you have a problem doing your taxes? I like my... Well, I don't do my taxes, but... I was going to say, there's no way you're doing your taxes personally, are you? No, no, not even close. I, I Well, here's the thing. I, I had the same CPA for 25 years. He was like an entertainment-esque CPA. Oh, right? nice. So he knew the ins and outs. So he knew the ins and outs. Um, things changed when Trump came into the office as far as what you could write off. Not for the better, by the way. And that affects all of us, so relax. And, and, and he was retiring. This was like two years ago. And he was retiring, but he had one more year. So I'm I'm like a nerd. My wife says I do too much with the taxes. Like she's like, I don't understand why you pay these people this amount of money and you do everything. I enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. as soon as the new year starts, I bring in all my paperwork, I put them in <laughs> piles, I I color code them with different LLCs and different work stuff and and then I safety pin. I got the big clippy things, you know, that you can and I put them together and then I make a co- I make an extra copy for myself to read later at just, night no just in, <laughs> right just in case they lose it right just in case they lose it <laughs> and my wife just doesn't get it so I, I so i send it to my cpa this was again two years ago and it's three weeks before taxes need to be filed and he sends it all back to me with a letter that says jason i really enjoyed your friendship over the last 20 plus years blah 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 but as you well know as you know i'm retiring you really have a lot of stuff this year and we just don't have time for it. So I wish you nothing but the best of luck. <laughs> wish you well in your future endeavors. Wow. I would try to find somebody local. But, and I was like, wow. What the? You've got to be kidding me. You couldn't have sent me an email. Even if I was waiting this long, you could. You knew that I was your guy or right. you were my guy. You couldn't have sent me an email. So, I got, one. so getting a new tax person is like getting a new haircut person. It's difficult. So it, you see my pain. But you got you to gotta, you gotta find somebody you trust. So I went to this big company. And they were horrible. You know, and then I go to this dude now, uh, like last minute, you know, I'm asking people for a recommendation. He's like a cool old school kind of stoner s type of guy that's like, yeah, man, I'll get it. You know, we got till the 18th. <laughs> it's all good. You know, I don't function like that. So I'm like, I got to trust this guy. He's like, you know what, man, it's cool. Have you ever heard about this rule? We can write that off, too. I'll get back. You know, like I hear from him every two weeks. <laughs> So I got to get as much in in that like three minutes that I have with them because he's so busy. They uh, there was a poll on Wallet Hub that asked people what you'd rather do uh, versus your taxes, and one was jury duty. Forty nine percent of the people would rather go through. Jury. I'm guessing this is doing your own taxes, right? By hand, right? I- I'm assuming when they say, "Would you rather do jury duty or your tax?" Nobody wants to do their taxes. I want to do jury duty. I've never been called, not one time. Uh, I've been, I, I've been called a few times. I, I, I like you were was very excited for it. And I, yeah, and yeah. I went and I fell asleep in the lobby and and I, <laughs> I missed my name being called. Oh no! Did you get in trouble? No, I went up to the front desk and she's like, "Oh, you'll just be in the next group." And they'd already found their people, so opportunity oh. missed. And then the last one, I forgot I was supposed to go. I know people who get called up. all the time. Yeah. You want to be you want to be like a, one of those cases where you can write a book oh, afterwards. Oh yes, that's yeah. what I want.
high profile. Thirty-six percent said they'd rather talk to their kids about the birds and the bees than jury uh, uh, than taxes. Fifteen percent would rather swim with sharks. Sheesh! In a cage. No. This must be people who have like a lot of stuff to do in businesses and right. the stuff like what you got to do in color code and and people don't want to sit down and do that. Thirteen percent would. I enjoy it though. Well, then you Does that make start me weird. Putting people tax papers together. Business. Does that? It's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Nobody well, wants like, to do that. Yeah, nobody's all boned up to go dig into what they, one, what they owe the government, what you've paid the government all year, and then like trying to figure out what the answer is going to be at the end. You're not like on the well, spectrum, are you? Well, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm just putting all the information together for him. Oh, I thought you were like really going in and like, okay, with this, and I, I see that I paid them this much and this this much. You're just, you like uh, organization, which totally fits your character. Yeah, and then I and then I have uh, color-coded charts with a table of contents. <laughs> That's way too much. No, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I know you are. I know you just, are. I can't That's look at you. That's the funny part. No, and so, so I'll have like four, five, six different piles, maybe seven, like charity pile, uh, this LLC pile, radio pile, podcast pile. I have all these different piles. I believe you. And I have them spread out on the floor, you know, and, and they're all nice and neat. And what's on the charts? Well, the chart is so pile one would be red A, okay, gotcha. blue B, mm-hmm. yellow C, green D, <laughs> and so on. You understand where it, you yeah. know, it just I kind follow. of adds up. I follow. Yeah, for sure. You, know, you can see where I'm getting at now. I see where I see where you're getting I, at here. When do you download the TurboTax? Because that's what I do. No, never. No, <laughs> no offense to TurboTax, but I just no, I don't do that. I. I I guess I'm the odd person. Am I the only odd person that likes to do that kind of stuff? For t- I don't do the taxes. I just organize the stuff. I don't, I, I I don't have it. anything to organize. I just have my W-2 forms and I send them off. But I was also that kid in college or in high school when you had a big project. I really enjoyed the projects. You know, where it's like, okay, I've got this information here mm-hmm. and they need that. And I got that in this pile and then this. I'm a big pile guy. I see that now. I love piles. I didn't realize you were so into piles. Love <laughs> piles. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing science projects, says no one. At 47, I love doing science projects. No one. <laughs> private pile. Uh, big win last night from the Kings, and Golden State has started a new trend slash streak, even with two losses, and it has nothing to do with those two losses, by the way. Tell you what that is here coming up. Uh, if you want to start us off, 916-909-0985. It's the BS on 90 Rock. Congratulations to the Kings. Back to back. Yeah. Uh, big win over the Warriors, 114-106 last night. And these games have been exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into them. I'm looking at what's going on. I'm cheering. They've been exciting. I know. And I'm not even a big basketball guy. But Me I got I to tell you, especially last night, this a, they played aggressive. They did. You know, I mean, I know sports, and I know when you play aggressive, they played aggressive. Uh, also handing the Warriors their first back-to-back playoff loss since 2019 NBA Finals. This is the first time the Kings have a 2-0 series lead since 2004. The Warriors have gone 27 straight playoff series without trailing 2-0, the longest in NBA history. I know. A lot of exciting stuff for the city. It is. All right. So you want to hear the trend, the streak that the Warriors are on? Yeah. Which is kind of neat, you know, because what? They play again Thursday at Golden State, and then Sunday at Golden State, and then they mm-hmm. come back. Uh, when to stand and not to stand. Uh, uh, well, that was E40, right? So we'll get to that here in a second. Draw green, ejected. Draymond Green. 
So he got ejected. He so, was wild. So yeah, but you got two ejections. That's the streak. That's the trend. Every game? No. Well, yeah, you got that uh, WD forty guy. Oh my goodness. Right? Okay, I see what you're saying. You know what? <laughs> it's funny that you put that together because I said that like he got ejected one night, then the next night uh, Green gets ejected. I did say that. Right. Oh, that is. A They're streak. on a streak. They're on a trend. So I mean, this will be if it happens, uh, you know, on Thursday. A third time. Like maybe the coach. Steph, let's get Steph ejected. <laughs> Just somebody. I wonder who who would be ejected though. Or a fan that like runs out on the court and streaks, or just anybody needs to get ejected. And so it the, can just be a thing. Yeah, the streak will continue. <laughs> you know, maybe this WD forty guy gets ejected when they're playing at home. E forty. Whatever. E forty. Whatever. You know, you had people saying that yesterday. Somebody contacted me like. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. He was talking about WD forty. I'm like, you know that's not that man's name. <laughs> His name is E forty. <laughs> don't ever say that. Call him my phone. <laughs> I don't know who the guy is, nor do I care to know. I just know that he got ejected and then he cried about it afterwards. Uh and that's it, you know. I mean, anybody else gets ejected, they don't get that much attention and they don't get to cry about it, and they sure the hell don't get to walk out of the arena on the bottom floor. I, I just I don't think he's at that level where he gets to walk out on the bottom floor. Well, he is. There's a tier of celebrity. Right. Right? If if Jack Nicholson gets kicked out, he gets to walk out the bottom floor. Spike Lee gets kicked out of the Knicks game. He gets to walk out the bottom floor. WD-40 should have gone through the stands like DDP. <laughs> no, he's not. They're not even going to kick the two people you named out. They They would never. Never. Right, which shows you how big of a celebrity they are. And that, thank you for proving my point. You are correct. I didn't even think about that. If you're that big of a celebrity, you do not get kicked out of games. Right Why? Because everybody knows who you are, and they don't want to be the guy that kicks you out. Mm-hmm. So that's as much of a non-celebrity WD-40 is that they kicked them out. Well, they won't Celebrities do don't kick. You are correct. <laughs> Thank you for proving my point. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Golden One Center venue rules do not explicitly list excessive standing as a violation. That was the argument with the People were speculating because they still really don't know what happened. Nor does the NBA's fan code of conduct. A section of the rules focused on photography that reads standing or positioning oneself in order to take picture in a manner that obstructs the view or enjoyment of the event by others is not permitted. The NBA did institute a rule change in 2022 with excessive standing, but that's for players and coaches on the bench. It has nothing to do with the fans, which brings me to my question is at a sporting event and or concert, or I guess it just depends where you're at, when to stand and not to stand. Every single concert I go to, the person in front of me is standing up the entire time, and sometimes they're even standing on the seat. All you can do is stand up so you can see too. Well, I I don't have a, the seat thing I'd have a problem with, but it, you know, you should be able to stand up the entire time if you want. That's you, what I'm saying. You just need to go to older concerts. If you want people to sit down, go see Elton John. I promise you, that audience is sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And, and it's not because they don't want to stand. Uh-huh. They have to sit down. Right. <laughs> they have to. It's not called sitting down. It's called taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then this is a sporting event. It's basketball. It, these games have been high energy. If I was in those stands, I'd probably be standing up too. I agree, yeah. So I don't, I don't get what people would be saying, oh, you have to sit down. No. The thing is, is that... If you look at it from a performer or a player's perspective, you want to look out in the crowd and not see anyone in their seats. 
Right, because they're right. so excited and they're cheering and they're hyped. And that's that's kind of the rule of thumb that I look at because I don't stand up a lot. I'll sit down, but I don't get upset with the people in front of me for standing up mm-hmm. because they paid their money and they're excited and they're enjoying themselves and they're having a good time. Exactly. It's just might not might not be my thing. At the, I mean, I'll stand up occasionally, uh, but not all the time. But I don't get upset about it. I don't either. The last because I think it's your right to do that at a, at, a, at, a, at an event. It is now. You know, I mean, I guess. There's other, like a movie theater, you don't stand up, mm-hmm. right? No, and you don't talk but, either. But this is like common sense. You go to a concert, you go to a sporting event, you can stand up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, sit down, down in front. Whoa. Why? I'm cheering my team on. I'm I'm cheering my favorite band on. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm happy. I sit down all day. I work nine to five. Why my would favorite I... song's on. I want to get up and dance. It, right. Exactly. Why would you sit down? Mm-hmm. I just paid $5,000 for these <laughs> seats. No, no joke. And there's a guy right. with big hair in front of me. I need to stand up. The only thing, I'll tell you the place where I, I am conscious about standing up uh, too much, in, and that's at church. And it's only because I wear my hats. And I do realize that I could be obstructing somebody's view. But at sporting events, concerts, that's free game. Uh, I will tell you the hat thing is a little. Yeah, but but I recognize that. Well, don't tell me I shouldn't wear hats. I'm not. I'm going to wear my hat. The Lord's speaking through me. No, he's not. He is. <laughs> he's absolutely not. He's going, Jesus, tell Nikki, stop wearing hats. <laughs> That's the Lord right there. That's, That's the number <laughs> one place so. people wear hats is church. So no, God's not telling you that. But how am I supposed to see uh, the dude? Well, that's why I said I'm conscious of it, and I do sit down when I recognize I might have been standing too long because my hats With are your big, And the hats that you wear are like Jim Carrey and the mask hat. <laughs> Hats. Like those yeah. big gangsters, uh-huh. like Dick Tracy hats. Yes, Dick yeah. Tracy's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a they good are. one. My hats are big, so I do try to be conscious of that. But I'm saying I I wouldn't if I was at a concert and I had my hat on. It's like she's getting ready to start a smooth criminal flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> she walks out of church diagonally. <laughs> it's fine. If you're cheering, if you're having a good time, stand up. If you're in a place where people do need to see, be conscious and sit down. That's what I say. So who was standing up? Was it WD-40 or was it the lady behind him? It would have been him because he had the better seats. Well, according to his side of the story, he only got up to address her because she had been heckling him the entire game. Again, we don't know what words were exchanged. So his story doesn't say he was standing up. He got up to address her. Oh, okay. So so where does the standing up argument, because that's what everybody's talking about. They're saying because some, people, again, they're just speculating what oh. could have happened because nobody truly knows exactly what the exchange was for. He's a big fella. You're not going to see anything around that guy. I mean, he's not that big, and he was sitting on the floor. If you stood up, you could see over him. Is he a tall fella? He's tall. He's round. He's, he's mm. tall, but he's not big enough that if from where she was sitting, she stood up, she couldn't see the court. And because you are a celebrity, you should be heckled if you're if you're not at home. Why? Because you're. I mean, that's you're you're an easy prey, you're an easy target. But what are, what is the point of heckling a celebrity at a, a basketball game? Most people heckle the players. I understand that to get them thrown out. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Because you don't want them like they're good. Like the the team season, they're like, oh my god, how can we go on if WD forty's not here? <laughs> <laughs> Spike Lee, I think, has been kicked out of games. Yeah, he's been asked to leave. I think he has. Mm-hmm. 
Because it gets think, a little rowdy. Yeah, I don't think Jack Nicholson ever did. But no. I think Spike Lee's been kicked out of games. Yeah, I believe you're right on that. Uh, all right, first round of headlines. What you got? I'm going to tell you what airline wasn't flying and what celebrity turned over a golf cart. My, look at my lips. They chapped my lips? No. No. They Everything's dry on my body. Oh, I bought one of those um, humidifiers. Did it work? It did. Okay. I got to tell you, I woke up this morning and breathed out of my nose. And it wasn't dry up there? Did one of those one-day Amazon gimmicks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Popped in my house, got home last night, plugged it in, squirting water. Feel great. <laughs> All right, get your first round of headlines. Two big stories from today here in a minute. It's the BS on 98 Rock. Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines. Read all about it, baby. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Headlines. All right, here we go. First round of headlines. Nikki D. Southwest Flyers are not happy with flight delays, H1. The FAA confirmed in a tweet that Southwest Airlines requested to pause departures nationwide. Southwest Airlines tweeted an apology for what it called technical challenges. So this morning, more than 2,100 Southwest Airlines flights were delayed. They're saying the reason for the delay is because there was some kind of issues with their firewall so they had to shut everything down for a couple of hours. Now, they were back on track pretty quickly, not like how the last fiasco that happened around the holidays, but because of just a few hours worth of delay, it pushed people flights back literally all day long. It, it doesn't matter if it lasted five minutes. What they what they did like over the holidays, people will never forget that. They won't, not at all. And the fact that we found out from an inside source because one of our friends was affected by it, that they said that it was computer issues, kind of like how they're saying now. But our, our friend who was there got inside information that it was because they didn't have workers. So they weren't even truthful with why they had their delays. Oh, We knew that? Mm-hmm. We have well, a friend? We did. We did? Steve. Oh, yeah. He told us the whole story. <laughs> That's right. You are correct. Everything she just said is true. <laughs> I do remember that now. I was going to ask if it was uh, about uh, websites and, and updates because I've got a Frontier flight that I'm taking this weekend, and they like me, emailed me yesterday, hey, by the way, Tuesday from 8 p.m. at night to 3 a.m. in the morning, there's no checking in, there's no accessing the management. Like, I don't even know how you would get onto a flight at that point. Well, that's what you get for Frontier. Flying Frontier. You also got charged a dollar to read that email. Whatever. It's still, my still whole trip is still only 60 bucks. Is it, well, get what you pay for, right? right yeah, you know? absolutely. Same with Spirit. We have a friend that flies Spirit oh, all the time. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's like, yeah, it's $5 to you get to England. <laughs> but it's $500 for one bag and uh -huh. $48 to breathe air. And they you, charge you for everything. You can't even bring, you can bring a personal item on Frontier, but you cannot bring a carry-on. The first carry-on is sixty dollars. It's flying has gotten so out of whack and so bad. Uh, I mean, I I enjoy Delta. Like I'm a Delta guy, so I like Delta. You know, I like how they land the planes. That's another thing. Is because I'm not a good flyer. You can tell if you have ex-military flying the plane. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Softer landing? No, actually. Well, they stop. So this is from what I've always been told. Ex-military that flies commercial, mm -hmm. like they're the pilot. Uh, the the when they land, they stop as fast as they can. Non ex military, you'll go boom, da -dung, oh, da -boom, da -dung, da -dung. You know what? I think you're right because when I flew Southwest, I was sick. Like the landing was horrible. But every time I fly Delta, I'm fine. Yeah, Delta's got a lot of ex military. Oh. I want them to land it like a Harrier jet. I just want it to just go down. 
Now that would be nice, sick. soft landing, like Superman on top of the apartment complex. Yeah, I don't need flying cars in 2023, but I would like a plane that could just hover land. I, I want a plane that doesn't have bumps at all, yeah. ever. Hate that. Thank God for that woman on social media that explained it like if you're in Jello. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh-huh. Like, I have She's like, yeah, just pretend like you're in Jello. That's the plane. It's in, you know, you're going to have some bumps. It's going to wiggle, but it always goes back to normal. Okay. I was like, okay, I feel you. <laughs> that made you feel better. So now when you get, as they call it, rough air now, uh-huh. you know, they don't say turbulence, right. rough air. <laughs> this rough air, I'm like, jello, 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 bouncy, 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 jello, jello, jello. It's going to go back to normal. It's going to go back to normal. Oh my God, I see an orange tangerine. Jello, 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 jello. Why do you go to orange jello? His favorite. All right, second headline. Russell Wilson is a good ball player, but not so good of a driver. H2. Because he didn't get hurt. It was reported nobody was hurt. And even if Russell Wilson was, guys, he's got that Wolverine blood and heals quickly. I, I heal quick. I don't know if it's Wolverine blood or what. but uh... <laughs> So Russell Wilson was out with his family golfing. And allegedly, because we don't really know exactly what happened. He hadn't said anything about it. But they're thinking that he wasn't paying attention because he was trying to get a ball. And he fell into the bunker with the golf course. Oh, no. Now, nobody was hurt. Like nobody was over. injured. Uh-huh. But it, it like, like literally <laughs> fell over on the side. You ever done that, tipped a golf cart? No, I don't golf, so I'm not oh. out there. But I, I know what you're talking about. And, and actually, kind of in his defense, sometimes the course, it, it ramps up. It's like hilly. Yeah. And the drop-off for the trap you're done. is pretty deep. So if you don't see that or if you miss it, mm-hmm. you can easily tip over. So in his defense, it, you know, he he could have been an accident. Sometimes. Yeah, because that's that's dangerous. Those things are heavy if they fall on you. They're all right. So I'm, can can you imagine if this ends his career? Oh, the, how dumb would you feel if I, if I if I had that ability, less than one percent, right? God given talent to, to to play at the highest level. You're making that much money. Your life on from the outside looks great. Sierra's your wife, beautiful wife, beautiful kid. Everything's great, right? I mean, didn't have a great season. Didn't have a good season last year, but still, life is good. You're Russell Wilson. I'm locking myself in a box until <laughs> right. I retire. There is a running back years ago uh, out of UGA, I believe, Georgia, uh, that went and played for the Patriots, and he was only in the NFL for, I think, one season, Robert Edwards. And he was a beast. He was awesome. And this is when they uh, the Pro Bowl was in Hawaii, and they, they, you know, they were playing flag football on the beach and all that kind of stuff. And he blew out his knee and never played the, in the oh. NFL again because Dang, he's just goofing going around. To do something fun. Just goofing around. Just like that baseball player that was uh, cheering and messed up his neck, leg. Yeah, but at least he was in the game. You know, I mean, you're going <laughs> to cheer. At least he was there, right? right. Uh, all right. Uh, order up is the game. Need two players. Les Claypool's fearless flying frog brigade, brigade, brigade with special guest Moon Duo. God, I love Les Claypool. Hard Rock Live, July 11th. Gotta be 21 or up. And if you're not, know somebody that is. Uh, the game is order up. I'll give you different categories. You'll get a piece of audio. Within that piece of audio are three different clips. All you have to do is tell me in the correct order, oldest to newest. Nikki D will help you out. My suggestion is you, you <laughs> identify A, B, and C before you give me the order. Just my suggestion. 916-909-0985. Again, 916-909-0985. Do need some players. Order up here next. It's the BS on 90 Rock. Is there not a more sad feeling than to get a notification from Amazon that says your package was undeliverable? Oh No, not at all, because that 
just makes me crazy when I see that. I know you're like, uh, there's so much that I've gotten from Amazon moving <laughs> right, to this house. Like, why can't you give me my package? Like, w- why were my energy drinks undeliverable? What happened to them? <laughs> exactly. What'd you do with them? <laughs> uh, thanks for being here. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey right there. That's Nikki D. There is Nelson. We're going to play Order Up, try to get you these tickets for Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade with special guest Moon Duo at the Hard Rock Live July 11th. All right, our players. We got Veronica in El Dorado Hills. How are you, Veronica? Doing good. How are you guys? Excellent. Great. There's Brian in Stockton. Hey, Brian. What's up? There you go. All right. uh, This is how this game works, in case you guys don't know. Nelson's going to play a piece of audio. Within that audio are three different clips, A, B, and C. I'll tell you the category, and then you, with the help of the worst radio game show player of all time, <laughs> the best, Nikki D, you have to, within 60 seconds, give me the correct order, oldest to newest. Veronica, do you understand those instructions? Yes. All right. Brian, do you understand those instructions? Oldest to newest. Let's do it. If you get it right, you get a point. If not, the other person gets to steal. Yes. All right. Uh, Nikki D last night was told by our friend Raul, the GM over at Pete's, which is a place that we frequent here in Roseville. He loves the show, but Nikki D's the worst at playing the games. He did. I told him to bite his tongue. I'm the best. <laughs> Better his tongue than something else. All right, Veronica, you were up first. The category is horror movies. Horror movies. Here we go. A1. What are you guys? Well, we've been called ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. B! A film by Clive Barker will tear your soul apart. C! And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is... You will die in seven days. Good luck. Do you know these? I'm pretty sure I do. Okay. I I watch a lot of horror movies. 60 seconds, you two. Go ahead. Okay, Veronica. A is definitely The Conjuring. Okay. B, um, it's something to do with soul snatching. So I wasn't a thousand percent sure on the title of B. That's a porn. Um, C, I definitely know is the ring. All right, I'm gonna go. Did you know what B was? No, BCA. So the one we're not sure of because the audio did sound like it was old. So B, yeah, the soul snatcher one, then C, the ring. And then yeah. A, the conjuring. Only thing is, I'm not sure if right. the ring or the conjuring Five seconds. came out first. Okay, we'll go That's with her. We'll do BCA. You're saying okay. B- BCA, right? You don't <laughs> even care said. what she said. Why don't you <laughs> shut up and let her do her thing? All right, BCA, right, Veronica? Correct. Yeah, that is so right. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Veronica. I get my little two cents. <laughs> A uh, or B was Hellraiser, 1987. Oh, that's Pinhead, right? Yeah, yeah. I like my favorite. I I couldn't have got this. I'm not a big horror guy, but I I do know Pinhead. I think it was the second or third one. The cowboy guy was having sex, and he had the thing in his 
Yeah, it's the third one. Is that the third one? Yeah, the third it one. throws the chains out. That was mm-hmm. badass. That yes. was a cool scene. C was The Ring. Nicely yes, done. Yes. 2002. One of my favorite movies. And then A was The Conjuring. Yep. Very good. 2013. Yep. All right. Brian, here we go. Your turn. The category, Famous Deaths. Okay, this should be good. Famous Deaths. All right, B1. We're getting married. That's impossible, Clayton. Brothers can't marry sisters. Oh, that's right. You're from the South. B. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. C. Well, Michael, if you ever think about getting married, if you ever think you've met the right woman, you want to settle down, change your life, you do me a favor, Mike. Remember this face. <laughs> Never gets old. Now, of course, we're looking for oldest to newest when they died. Right. Okay. All right, Brian. Um, A was was pretty crystal clear. It was Betty White. B was Prince. And C. Um, Heard them saying a guy named Michael, but oh. I know it wasn't Michael Jackson. You should just leave right now. So I'm not go sure home. about C. But what what did you what did you get, Brian? Um, I had a hard time understanding the first two, uh, but it's oldest death or the oldest died yeah. or yeah. oldest when they died. Yeah, who first died? Who died? Who first? died first? So did you get C? I'll did you hear C, Brian? Michael Jackson died first. Prince, no, no, I don't and then know. Betty White. Yeah, I don't know that that's Michael Jackson. See what I'm saying? I just heard them say somebody named Michael. That's why I was asking, did you know if it, who the person is in the clip? I did not. Ten seconds. Okay, so... Um, CBA. CBA. That's not a bad guess, because I definitely... We know Betty White is the newest. Three, two, Prince B, one. and then whoever C is. So uh, we're going to go with CBA. CBA, Brian. You going with that? Sticking with it? I like it. I like it too. That's correct. <laughs> no, but this is, let me tell you, let me tell you something, all three of you. This is how you play the game, right? You guys are getting it now. Like, there's one that you're probably not going to know. Right. You just kind of have to guess. But for you not to know Sam Kinison, I want to, I want to, I want to get a, a, a water gun and squirt hot sauce in your eyes. Mm. Why? Like, Sam Kinison is a legend. Legend. Okay. Well, I don't know who that is. I couldn't say who that is either. I mean, I don't know. Brian, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I'm more surprised by Brian not knowing. I don't know. Everybody knows Sam Kinison. Well, me and Brian don't know Sam Kinison. Oh. Yeah, some people think that way, but let me tell you, <laughs> if it wasn't for Truman, <laughs> tell me more, more, more. So great. So great. Anyway, Sam Kennison, 1992, oh. Prince, 2016, and Betty White, rest all of their souls, yes. 2021. Veronica, we are back to you. All right. The category, ma'am, party songs. Oh, pa- I should be able to get Party songs. Here Let's we go. go. C1. Hey. Hey, baby girl, what you doing tonight? I want to see what you got in store. Designated driver, take the keys to my truck. C. If you're afraid, then you come out with me. And I know what you 
going down for real. By the way, <laughs> these were not played at my parties. Never once. <laughs> not once. Oh. Know the room. Know the oh, room. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, 60 seconds. Go ahead, please. All right, All right. so A, um, I'm not sure of, of this song. I know T-Pain in it because I heard his voice. Not sure of the song. No, you didn't hear his voice. <laughs> you heard the, uh, what's the thing called? Auto tune. The auto tune. Yeah, but I know it was T-Pain, okay? Uh, B, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Everybody knows that one. That's and our then, boy. Of course it is. And then C was Flow Rider is going down for real. Now, the you, problem is. Did you know if you put that together, it's just Florida. Look at that. Never even noticed <laughs> So Montel, I know is the oldest, which is B. So B, this yeah. is how we do it, is the oldest. I'm just not sure about the flow rider T Pain. So I would probably say B A C. So I would go with B Montel, this is how we do it. A the T Pain song. And I'm almost certain that C, which is the flow rider, is the newest. Is yeah. That- you're, I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling good about that. I'm going to go B-A-C. B-A-C. Well, it makes sense. They're party songs, and B-A-C is blood alcohol content. Huh? Oh, yeah. that's good. I didn't yeah. even think about that. So if are we right? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying oh. if you were right, that would be neat. But are we right? You are. Oh. Ooh, wow. We are crushing today. I'm glad you who caught says, that. Who says I'm the man? Did you do that on purpose? I did that for you. Did I want yes, because I knew that you pay attention to tiny little details like that. Yeah, just don't ever do that uh, category like that again. Fair. I I knew GDFR, I should. I love no, it. I nobody, love that category. Nobody knows that. Yeah. I knew it. Thank you, uh, Brian. Here we go. Let's stay on par <laughs> with Veronica. The next category is newscasters. All right, <gasps> newscasters. D one. A. That the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. But it is increasingly clear to this report. Finally this evening, a brief note about change. Some of you have noticed in the last several days that I was not covering the Pope. While my colleagues at ABC did a superb job, I did think a few times I was missing out. However, I think it connects with people on a very deep level. And I think you see all sides of me. Wow. Okay, so we doing oldest to newest. From their start of the their careers. The start of their careers. Yes. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, a, I, I think is Dan Rathers. Okay. There's more than one Dan. Dan Rathers. It's the group and of them. And then. The Rathers Brothers. B, I think it's the, the, the famous newscaster. He's passed away, but he wore the glasses and it's. He had kind of the ball spot, but his hair would flop over to the side. You know who I'm talking about? Ron Burgundy. No. Um, he didn't do 60 Minutes. He did he do like CNN? You know what I'm talking about? I can't think of his name. Brian's not helping out at all. He Brian's doesn't out. want to play. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. No, okay, Brian. Um, and then C is Katie Couric. I I know that for a fact. So, <laughs> all right. I think it's A B C. I think old Dan Rathers is the oldest one there. Dan Rathers, but you didn't hear B. I mean, you don't know the guy I'm talking about. Oh, King. Ain't his name um something King? Him. That's Martin, B. Martin? Martin? No, King. the other King. Um, anyway. LeBron. Nope. Mm. So it's either A, B, C, or Smoothie? B, A, C. Which, I'm going to go with A, B, C. I think we're going to go with A, B, C. A, B, C? What's his name? King. Y'all know who I'm talking about. King Richard. Serena's no. dead. 
No, Ryan. I think I know who you're talking about now, but I can't yeah. think of his first name. I can't think of his first name. I keep wanting to say Don King, but that's not it. That's another Mm-mm. king. Another king. Nicely done. Very good. You get a point for that. All right. We're going to go ABC. <laughs> so just to clarify, um, is A and B the the Rathers, Dan Rathers, do they take up two? Rathers. No. Oh. A is Dan Rathers. B is, is his name? It's not Rodney King. Something King. Okay, so Rodney King reported on himself afterwards. <laughs> no. That would be B. It's the other famous news king guy. And then C is Katie Couric. And C is Katie Couric. So yep. Dan Rathers, all two of them are taking up A. <laughs> all right. Rodney King is B. <laughs> and then Katie Couric, we know, is C. Just to be clear, just Brian, just to be clear, that's ABC is the answer, right? Brian, isn't his name Dan Rathers? Okay, Uh, that is correct. It's Dan Rather. Just one. one. (laughs) Well, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, not on the list, by the way. Not one of them. (laughs) Not one of them. Walter Cronkite was A, 1962. Who? Oh, my God. Like the original newscaster, Walter Cronkite. He was the one that was doing wall-to-wall coverage for the Vietnam War. Yeah, I was around for that. Well, you weren't around for George Washington either, but you probably have heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, He's somebody everybody knows. Okay, who was B? Uh, Peter Jennings. There are two Peters. Dang. And then Katie Kirk. Peter Jennings. Dan Rather's always been my favorite. Love Dan Rather. Why didn't you put Dan Rather's on here? Well, because it's there's no such thing. Because I've never heard of him. Because we've never heard of him. <laughs> I've never heard of Walter Cronkite. There of you course go. you have, because you're an American. Uh, Larry Dan, King, I think, is the king you're looking for, by Dan, the way. Dan, Dan Rather oh, was on Letterman one time and just totally won me over when he takes out a chaw and spits in a spittoon. Oh, I've never seen that. And this was during the days of, like, when news people were actually news people and they had an image Mm -hmm. to uphold. Yes. So they were all, they were bipartisan. They they didn't have opinions. They just reported the news. The only time they had opinions is when somebody passes and they, you know, God bless and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, one of the first times I ever saw a news person go off script. That's wild. Like Walter Cronkite yeah. when he announced John Lennon's death. Exactly. Right? You know, so. Legendary news. Legendary. Guy. All right, there you go, Brian. We are all tied up. Getting down to the nitty-gritty, New York City. Uh, Veronica, uh, this next one is for you. E1, oh, no, kid shows. That's the category, kid shows. Ooh, E1. okay. Because hey. it's really fun. Yeah. Okay, now what do we do? Clean up the ball print. Right. Ooh, which one of these things should we use? B. And the pyramids, Sydney Opera House, Statue of Liberty, and the Kremlin. But these famous buildings aren't all on the same street in real life. Oh, May? Well, you learn something new every day. C. Oh, uh, come on, Judy, but I'm off for a takeoff. <laughs> have to wait. Oh, okay, okay, all right, um, um... Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. <laughs> Can I take your order? Right. Can I take your order? <laughs> that was my favorite show. Good luck with this one. That was our favorite oh. show. 60 seconds, Veronica, Nikki. All right, Veronica, we got this one in the bag. Um, I have a child, and I'm a little childish oh. sometimes. So A is Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues. How did you get those Blue's Clues? And B is Peppa Pig. <laughs> and C <laughs> is All That. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger, Can I Take Your Otter. So now we got to figure out which one is the oldest, which I'm sure see all that is older than those two because I used to watch all that. Uh, Blue's Clues, I'm sure came before Peppa Pig. I think that is the yes. newest. So I'm going to say Cab, C A 
beat. Veronica, you agree with that? I'm going to say Cobb. I'm going to say Cobb, yep. Wow, yeah, nicely done. That's correct. Let's go. Good job. I couldn't have got any of them. Really? He was too old for all that. Oh, yeah, and you came in, you had stepkids, so like you kind of came into your family after they were already, what, like six and seven? The burger show that I grew up on, Nickelodeon, was, uh, you heard that? Barf, barf burgers. Oh, I don't even know what that was. What that show was that? Ever ago. That's all I remember from it. Anyway, oh, uh, Brian, you got to get this in order to stay in the game. You do not get this, you lose. It's Come on, Brian. That's simple. <laughs> the category. We got this. The category real life heroes. Okay. Be Re- ready. Real life <laughs> heroes. <laughs> One's questionable. They're everywhere. Uh, yes, sir. F1. Here we go. Listen up. Hey! And his four-year-old sister were playing at a friend's house in Wyoming when a dog charged at them, stepped in front of his sister to protect her, an act of bravery that likely saved her life. B! Guarding the AT&T tower there when he says that he noticed an olive green backpack under a bench. About this size? No, sir. Probably. Bigger. Yes, or two foot by three foot, probably. And he says he became concerned when a group of men who'd been drinking near that bench left the area without the bag. We are getting word of a U.S. Airways plane crash in the Hudson River. Uh, you're taking a look now at the Hudson River. To give you some perspective here, this shot is coming from the New Jersey side, headed back over. All right, there you go. Order them up. 60 seconds, you two. Okay, Brian. I think I know two of them. Um, a... A dog, uh, somebody saving somebody from a dog. You you know about that story? I don't know about that one. Mm. Okay, Brian. Um, B is Richard Jewell because <laughs> there was a whole documentary, movie, all that stuff came out. So I know all about Richard. And then C, when they said landed on the Hudson River, that's uh, Captain King. Captain Willie? Something like that. No, his name's Sully, not Willie. His Sully. Sully. Yeah, they made a movie out of that guy. Yeah, they made a movie. So. Uh, I'm not sure who saved somebody from a dog, which is A, but... Ten seconds. B, I think, is the oldest because that was the Olympics. And then I think the plane landing was probably next, which is C, Sully. And then A, I guess, recently somebody saved somebody from a dog. BCA to BCA. stay in the game. You're yeah. st- sticking with that? Yep. Yep, that's correct. I don't got them all correct. Oh, well, don't call me the worst player. Well, you got them correct. You just didn't know what they were. Right order. <laughs> just wrong people. Richard Jewell, 96 Olympics, questionable hero. Mm. Sully, 2009. Mm. And then Bridger Walker, 2021, the little boy that saved his sister from the dog attack. Yeah, it took a dog bite right to his face okay. to keep his sister from dying. What was that, National News or something? Yeah, didn't you I remember all the that. Avengers came out and started calling him a hero? Chris Evans sent him a... a, yeah. a Whatever, an Iron, not Iron Man. Who's Chris? Captain Evans? America. Captain America. He yeah. sent him a Captain America shield. That was his favorite uh, character. Yeah. Uh huh. All right, here we are, Veronica. This is the last one. You get it right, you win the tickets. You get it wrong, Brian wins. Last question. We got through all of them for order up. The category: presidential inaugurations. Please pick new presidents. <laughs> I don't know if there's audio from. <laughs> <laughs> the first 20. Right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Listen up, G1. Hey. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. B. That noble idea passed on from generation to generation. The God-given promise that all are equal, 
all are free and all deserve a chance to pursue their full measure of happiness. See. But by the words we speak and the faces we show the world, we force the spring. A spring reborn in the world's oldest democracy that brings forth the vision and courage to reinvent America. All right, here we go. Order them up for the win. 60 seconds. Go. All right. This was pretty easy. This was pretty easy. I was nervous. But A is JFK. B is Obama. And C is President Clinton. Hello. Do you agree with that? Yep. All right. So oldest, of course, A, JFK, then C, Clinton, and then B, Obama being the newest president on this list. A, C, B. Agree with that, Veronica? Yes. That's incorrect. No way. No, I'm just kidding. It's no way. That's correct. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what? Did I get a president wrong? Hey Brian, sorry about your luck. Try again tomorrow, my friend, but thanks for listening. I'll let you go. Yay! Veronica, congratulations. Tickets for Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade. JFK sixty four, Clinton ninety two, Obama two thousand eight. Yes. Yes, that go. was easy. I was nervous. Thought he was going to go old school. Two adulterers and a cigarette smoker. Uh-huh. There you go. Break yeah. it down for you. All right. Nicely done. Raul's eating those words, huh? Isn't mm. he, though? A little uh, bit. Okay. So are all the Rathers. They are. But you know what? As long as we got the order right in this game. And the Kings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Kings. <laughs> all of the Kings. Oh, we for, we forgot the Sacramento's. Oh, the Sacramento Kings. That was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his newscast. <laughs> so, you know, they named a team after him. <laughs> and a city. <laughs> Larry King. That's what I was trying to think oh of. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, I, I don't even know the years, but it's been forever since this hamburger in particular has been tweaked, I believe. Now, this is going to affect many of you on a daily basis. And it might turn you from your favorite brand to a different brand, but a famous famous fast food restaurant is changing its burgers. Oh, First wow. time in a very, very long time. Mm. For the good? It's, well, I'll tell you. It's up to you. So okay. we'll tell you about that here in a minute. It's the BS on 98 Rock. It doesn't say the last time that McDonald's had changed something on their menu, but I'm assuming that it has to be a minute uh, since they touched, especially the Big Mac. Yeah, so it's McDonald's that's changing their burgers. And I'm not an anti-McDonald's guy by no stretch. I'm just, uh, I try to stay away from fast food. I've, and it's it's funny. The first time I ate fast food in years was just the other weekend. My wife and I, when she was in town, we were drinking the night before, and she was like, "I'm dying for some McDonald's greasy breakfast." (laughs) And a, and a Coke. And I was like, okay. So, like, everybody loves, everybody knows McDonald's is the best straws and the best ice. But they changed their cups. They're not that wax anymore. That's how long it's been since I've been to a McDonald's. Oh, my oh they've been changed them. Yeah, it's been a plastic cup for a minute. It doesn't have the same taste to it than it, that wax feel. Right, you're not getting the same, like, right. uh, So, here's what they're doing, and this has uh, already been rolled out on uh, on our coast. So, cities like Denver, Seattle, Phoenix, Vegas, and L.A., already seeing these there's one change that you've like you've totally i'm not i'm not even gonna bother going there like because i i 
I can't believe you would do this to a burger. But anyway, I'll get that in a second. The Big Mac is getting more Big Mac sauce. Need it. All right. For sure. Well, uh, a writer for People Magazine tried it, said it makes it more of a messy bub, uh, pub burger than the uh, old drive through Is that good or bad? That would be bad, right? No, that's good. Every time I've ordered a Big Mac, I always have to get extra Mac sauce because that's what makes the burger, and they try to give you a little bit of it. All right. Well, again, I don't do fast food often, if ever, but isn't the whole point of fast food to eat it mobile, like yes. in the car? I don't want a messy burger. I'm right. Not, I'm not in for that. That's why you should not, if you're a fast food restaurant or with a drive through Put shredded lettuce in any of your sandwiches. Oh my God, yes. Am I right? This guy, listen, Bailey for president. I mean, I mean he's right, but there's a, a science to it. If you are good at eating in your car, which I am, you can eat the Big Mac with the shredded lettuce and the extra Mac sauce. You just got to be careful. You got like one of those uh, iPhone holders for your sandwiches, too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yes. She's got a holder for it. She looks like, uh, what's the guy from Spider-Man with all the arms? Oh, Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Octopus, whatever. She's got all these little contraptions holding drinks and sauces. And... You just got to know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm hands-free. I just got 20 ha- arms around me. The buns are changed. They'll be softer than before. The cheese will be meltier, whatever that means. Uh, And the changes don't just apply to Big Macs. It'll also be regular hamburgers, cheeseburgers, double cheeseburgers, and McDoubles. And they're revamping a big chunk of their core menu. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like they're going back to old school, how burgers used to be way back in the day. I don't ever remember McDonald's being like that. McDonald's wasn't, but burgers used to be like when you went to a homemade burger joint, mm-hmm. the buns were softer, the onions were caramelized. Like it tastes like real burgers. All right. So that's the one thing I have left out. This is the, I'm out. Uh, the onions are changing. So I oh. hate, I hate onions. Mm-hmm. I hate onions, on, onions, peppers, and tomatoes. Can't stand them. And McDonald's is the worst because they chop them so fine. It's the, they're dehydrated. That you can't, like, if you ask for them not to put onions on it, and they put them on anyway, I just threw the burger away. Right, because you can't get the, the onion stink off of it. It's just it's impossible. Here's what they're doing. Instead of putting them on at the end, they're going to add them to the actual burgers to create more of a caramelized flavor. So it'll be like... In, uh, uh, like Inside of the burger? That's what it sounds like. I don't have a problem with that. I'd, I rather, mean, have it, I'd rather have it in the burger. No way. That's I don't eat onions. Yeah. yeah, but in like a meatloaf, you got to have onion in the meatloaf. No. It's just fine, and you don't, can't no, taste it. No, no, no. I don't I told, know if they're going to put it in a burger. I'm, I think maybe they mean they're going to grill them up and make them caramelize and oh, put them on top. There's no way. Because it would dehydrate. be hard for people that don't eat onions if you put it in the burger. That's Everybody puts tomatoes on everything. I, I don't know why so gross. everybody finds the need to put... There's no way the majority of Americans like tomatoes Mm-mm. or like onions or peppers or all three at the same time. I love all three. Well, you're an oddball. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes. You also enjoyed being a corrections officer and almost getting murdered. I did. Right. I didn't a... enjoy almost being murdered, but I enjoyed being a correction officer, yes. And you're sleeping with Nelson. No, I'm not Aww. sleeping with Nelson. I've never had a Big Mac. Of all the things that I've eaten as a fat guy, I've literally never had a Big Mac. You're I, the I, second person in my life I've heard say I have, that. I have no desire. The Mac sauce, to me, that is even more of a turnoff. If they had a sauce-free one, I would probably try that. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Is it like you would feel like fully overweight if you ate a Big Mac? You're like, oh, is that the last straw? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I can lie. I can look at myself in the mirror and lie to myself because I haven't consumed a Big Mac. You know, it's the larger person that goes to dinner and they just down to 32 ounce steak, three sides, a side salad, two appetizers. <laughs> A sugary drink, uh-huh. a sugary alcohol drink, and then the waitress comes over and goes, "You want dessert?" Oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> Just a spoonful, please. <laughs> and then, of course, somebody at the table goes, "Let's split it." Okay. Oh, twist my arm. I'll help you out. <laughs> Two spoons, please. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. Nelson's like, all right, I'm comfortable with my weight, but the day I eat a Big Mac, that's when I need some help. Too much. Too far. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. All right, second round of headlines. What do you got? I want to tell you what fan favorite show may be canceled and why a woman was shot in a driveway. I'm glad and I'm you, not laughing about I, it. I'm, I'm glad you can laugh about the woman I'm getting not. shot in the driveway. I can't even get through. Well, this show's got a real good sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get learned these two stories here in a minute. It's the BS on 98 Rock. Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines. All right, here we go. Round number two. Headlines. Good. Nikki D. Yellowstone could be riding off into the sunset. H3. According to reports, Kevin Costner has caused frustration for creator Taylor Sheridan after requesting to spend just one week filming the back half of season five. You're all fired. <laughs> so there's a lot of speculation going on uh, about Yellowstone right now. They don't have a date for the release of season five. They're saying they have. they're not even done filming it. And what some sources are stating is that Kevin Costner is having issues getting along uh, with the creator of the show. He has his own project that is stated that he wants to work on. He's doing his own Western movie franchise. Who, Taylor Sheridan or Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner is. And so he's saying, well, it's two sides. So he's saying that he's willing to work. He just gave her a schedule that works for him. It's him. Um, Taylor's a he. Oh, well, they showed me a picture of a woman. But anyways... So then... Um, That's Taylor Swift. No, it's not Taylor Swift. So then it's being stated that um, he's willing to work with the creator, but the creator's not willing to work with him. So I don't know if they're going to finish the season or not. I don't know if they're going to finish Oh, filming. they'll finish it. They, it, it, it. Here's how brilliant uh, Sheridan is with what he's done with Yellowstone. is He's done spinoffs before... He started doing spinoffs before it became popular. Right. Which is pr- the first time that I can think of that you were that smart of a visionary to go, this show is going to blow up. I'm going to do spinoffs. There's like, what, three spinoffs, two spinoffs, four spinoffs? I know there's two for sure, but I think one of them was in the works, and then they tried it, and then they, he well, they wasn't the, liking it as much. They have the Sixes Ranch that hasn't come out yet. There's the one, yeah. And because the last season ended with them taking the cattle down to Texas, where the Sixes Ranch is Okay, yeah. in the show. Uh, and, and so that's where Rip Cole Hauser was supposed to go. So he would be leaving, and then they would go back and forth. I like Kevin Costner, and I think Kevin Costner is a fantastic actor, and I love his um, his uh, character on and Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is that, and I said this when I first, I, like I, I was late to the party with Yellowstone. Uh, I'm a product of COVID with Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. When I was in lot when quarantine, I watched you That's know the, when you started on the it. seasons, the three seasons, and 
they can do without him. Because oh, so you think they can. Th- this show is one of the best shows that I've ever seen when it comes to character building. They build these characters to outshine each other. Mm-hmm. Like the daughter, Beth, one of the best female characters in the history of television. Love her. You know, and 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 Rip and you know, and all these different characters that they can build another character that will replace it. They'll just kill him off. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's yeah. already almost died five times. Which would be good anyway. It'll be fun to watch that character kind of like get his, his just desserts or like kind of what you feel like he deserves. But the, the there is a rumor going around that um um, Matthew McConaughey was going to replace him. Yeah, I saw that too. But you don't replace him; you just kill him. Mm. You know, now Matthew McConaughey can come in as the brother. You're right, or like some the uncle, or the uncle that, about. Yeah, yeah, that's coming in to run the ranch or something like that. But you don't replace him. Mm-hmm. It can't be like I dream of Jeannie. Right, and they well, just, you just come and they got a new person which there. Dick is it? Yeah, which dick is it? They just bring in the new dick, and he's <laughs> like, "Oh, nothing happened here. Nothing to see here." They did the same thing with Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right, <laughs> with the and, a new and Viv. Like, what do you? <laughs> because Aunt Viv and Will Smith didn't get they along. They didn't get along, exactly. Mm-hmm. They've made up now, though. So. All right, second one. Going up the wrong driveway cost a young woman her life, H4. Something from when we found out that the owner of the residence was Kevin Monahan, age 65, of Patterson Hill Road. As I stated earlier, he was uncooperative with patrols on the scene and trying to talk to him in person on the scene. He was taken into custody. 20-year-old woman, she's in a car with a group of her friends, and they're going to meet some more of their friends. They're driving in this rural area of New York, and they don't have good sales service. So they turn into what they think is their friend's driveway. It's like a horror movie. Right, and it just so happens to be the wrong driveway. Well, this 65-year-old man comes out on his porch and just starts shooting at their car. He ends up hitting the girl who was sitting in the passenger seat, and she ends up dying. I think he hit the boyfriend, too. Yeah, he might have hit somebody. He fired off two shots is is what they're saying. He only fired off two shots. But then he wasn't even cooperating with the police when they were trying to talk well, to him. That, well, that's not necessarily true. It's, it, what, yes, he was not cooperating with police. He lawyered up uh, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So you have every right to not say a word to the police. You have the right to remain silent. You do. So that's actually on his part very, very smart. Because anything will and can be used against you mm-hmm. in the court of law, right? Mm-hmm. That's how the whole saying goes. Yep. So he he thank you. He lawyered up. That's why he wasn't cooperative with police. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They were saying he's not cooperative. But th- th- this is the second shooting in like a couple of days, and both of these are older men. A a eighty four year old man in Kansas yeah. shot this little sixteen year old kid because he went to the wrong house trying to pick up his siblings. So it's like I don't know why people are just walking out and shooting people. Well, the the old guy has got some mental issues. He's got some brain issues, mm. and he thought the kid was trying to sneak in. So, I mean, like, I'm not defending them at all, but just devil's advocate. Think about this. You see some kid on the other side of your window peeking in. Poor kid's just looking for his friends. Like, why aren't you answering the door? Are you playing tricks on me? Mm-hmm. This guy thinks you're trying to break in. Oh, seen at somebody's home. You know, in the stand your ground law, the castle doctrine, you can shoot. Uh, in most states, you're going to give way forgiveness like even before you know anything happens Mm -hmm. there was a guy in daytona beach years and years ago an old guy and somebody was trying to break into his house uh they're they're in the backyard he put his gun up against his wall because he knew the guy was on the other side and just pulled the trigger no questions asked and the the sheriff in daytona beach goes on the news and goes we need more people like him oh my god (laughs) but you know what it's like 
In that situation, I don't disagree. If somebody's on your property and they're trying to break into your house, if possibly. you can determine definitively that that's what they're doing, oh, right? But somebody with with nothing, you don't know. Somebody pulling into your driveway, now, like that's silly. come on, that's I agree crazy. With you. Yeah, that that's that's silly. You, you know how many wrong driveways I've pulled into and had to turn around? Yeah. Well, that's why. Um, your your navy needs to tell you which driveways to pull in. Yeah. I swear to God, navigation needs to have something in there to not let you go into bad neighborhoods or crazy people's houses. I would definitely <laughs> like to know if I'm in a bad area of town. Now I agree with that. You aren't. You're never gonna know if somebody's crazy. Well, Google knows everything. <laughs> right. They they're tapping your phones. They know you're nuts. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> Turn left, but definitely don't turn immediate right. This guy's crazy. <laughs> That's what it should say. You know? You're right. I had the opportunity uh, the other day to speak with M. Shadows, the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold, about the new album, the new song, the tour, and such. Uh, really cool conversation, long conversation. So we're going to split it up into two parts. Uh, we'll play the first one. And this uh, was done for a company, Odyssey, does these things called Odyssey Check Ins, which you can get on the Odyssey site, the 98 Rock site. Um, the Odyssey app, in which they put uh, my conversations with these people across mm-hmm. all platforms in our company, which is a total honor to do. I'm very thankful and very grateful. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, M. Shadows, great dude, great band, big fan. Hope you are too, and enjoy the first part of this conversation, which we'll get to here when we return. It's the BS on 98 Rock. Welcome back to the program. My name is Jason Bailey. Right there, that is Nick D. And there is Nelson. Don't forget us on the Odyssey app or thebaileyshow.com. Get the podcast after the fact, during the fact, whenever the fact. Also on social media at Listen to the BS on Instagram and Facebook at The Bailey Show on the YouTube. Uh, I have the uh, honor, and it is an honor. I've worked for, for numerous big companies, and none of them asked me to do this. So this is really cool. <laughs> Odyssey has asked me to uh, have these conversations with these certain people in the rock world, like Wolfgang Van Halen before and here M. Shadows, which we're getting ready to get into, um, Mike Mushak tomorrow, and Gavin Rosdale from Bush coming up. Anyway, they put them on all their platforms across the country. It's like way cool, right? Yeah. And different outlets pick it up, and and, and, and I just like talking to these people just because I'm a fan. So uh, Avenge Sevenfold, I'm hoping you're a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, they have a new single called Nobody, and they have a new album, Life is But a Dream. You can pre-order that now. It doesn't come out until June 2nd. Uh, and then they're doing the second leg of that tour that they're on. So I got a chance to talk with them. Shadows, and this conversation starts out with uh, me telling him that after I heard this song, because it's not like a normal Avenged Sevenfold song, I was like, do you remember that scene in Bohemian Rhapsody where you know they're sitting in front of the lawyer after playing it for the first time. He's like, it's too long. It's not Queen. It's Mike Myers. It's too long. It's not Queen. And that's the vibe I got when I heard it. Uh, and it's a great song. So here's the first part of my conversation with M. Shadows. We had been living with it for so long that we kind of, that sort of feeling wore off. Uh, but I remember when we first wrote it, there was definitely like, this is different. Um, but we were quickly reminded um, day one when this thing released, watching some of the YouTube reacts sort of things. And right. people were just like, all right, ready for this banger. And they put it on and you to see their face just kind of drop. Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> is it like, what's going on here? Um, and so we were actually sending those around to each other, just cracking up, like give it a couple days. People are going to understand it. Uh, but it was really fun to kind of get uh 
smack in the face of, with reality of, of how people are going to take this right off the bat. So, so is that a learned trait doing this for so long? I mean, with live albums, studio albums, soundtracks, this will be your 10th album. You know, so you've been there and you've done that. I, I remember going back to, you know, you guys, City of Evil even, you know, uh, three albums in, I believe. So when, when you get that kind of feedback, which you can't expect it all to be positive, is it easier to deal with it now? I, yeah, I just don't, I don't care about the feedback. I, my, my worldview now is to make bold art and put it out there and let it exist. And it just is what it is. And, um, there will always be somebody, if you feel it, there will always be somebody out there that feels it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the fan of the last record or the record from 2001 or five is going to necessarily be the right audience for what you're doing now. And, um, so artists can, or, or musicians can go one of two ways. You can write for a certain sort of success mm. and kind of chase the ambulance as people would say, and just kind of say, well, what's happening now and what are people going to love? And, or you write what you want. And if, if that happens to be what that is, then do that. But we're just trying to write things that we feel are unique, um, that we feel we haven't heard before that we feel, um, a weightiness to it and something that is meaningful to what we're going through in our lives at 41. Um, and then you put it out there and you just kind of at that point, who cares, right? It's like, it's out there. This is how we feel. There will be people that react to it in positive ways and negative ways. It's okay. Is it, isn't that though? Like when, when you first start off as an artist, at least in the mainstream world, right? Uh, you, you, you kind of have a, are being coached with a little bit of a blueprint in order to get on the map, so to speak. And then once you make it and, and you're a name and, and you really can do what you want. Now it's time for you to do you and not really worry about what the execs or the labels or, or the people are saying. You just have to get your art out there. Is that kind of how it goes? I think sometimes, but I also think sometimes you get this sort of audience capture sort of um, problem as well, where I mean, if you look at it, let's take the political landscape, right? Where there's people that have built their persona up on being one side or the other. Mm. And you get all these people that are kind of syncophants that will sit there and like, they're like, anything this guy says is right. And it's like very tribal. You get the same sort of thing with a band. Like people build you up and they love you and they want you to do more of the thing they really like. Right. And it takes sometimes, you know, we can call it balls or whatever you want to call it to go, no, we're going to go over here. And we know that even the people that love us are going to be mad at us. And even the people that never liked us because of record X, Y, and Z, they're still not going to like us. So that takes like this sort of, you know, taking off the training wheels and just going out there and deciding what kind of road you're going to take. And, you know, um, I think on this record, we just took the road of just pure, you know, audio form of what we want to hear, what excited us. There's a lot of left turns, a lot of rules broken, but anyone that knows our career 20 years, we know the rules, but once you know the rules, you can break them a little better. Sure. And so that's kind of what we did on this record. And um, I think people will react to it just fine. I think it will take a little bit of time and people will have to get used to it, 
and then it will be uh then we'll do another record and they'll be mad that it's not more of this. <laughs> well, and and that's that's the good stuff, right? That's the, you know, I always say conflict builds character and you know, it, it's the, you know, at first it wasn't, you know, just it didn't taste right, but man, I'm craving it. I need it again. And 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 I see what you're you're talking about at least like with the single nobody. You know, it's it's not maybe your tip, your typical Avenged Sevenfold. It's not the the scream or anything like that, but it's so story driven it's very operatic it's very methodical uh and and the beginning with that crunchy sound i can just see that especially as like a a a curtain jerking song for a live show when you hear it it's in it in it in it and the I, i i can feel it like i can feel it just listening to it through the speakers but i can feel it and see it live yeah and and one thing you know it's very lyric driven because it really is an existential crisis with this kind of sort of thing we all deal with, which is death looming, right? And it goes into a lot of mindfulness and a lot of almost Buddhist teachings where um, when death is always looming, there's two ways to go about it. If you find life is meaningless, um, then what purpose are you going to attach to your life to make it some, somewhat bearable? And those are very weighty subjects that at some point in someone's life, they will come up against right? And we call that midlife crisis, or we call that existential crisis, or we call it this sort of like that that shock to your body when you realize you are going to die and you won't exist at some point. And, and so we, we all have ways that we deal with that. But to talk about that, you need the music to have tension and you need the music to almost feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's why the song was really driven around this sort of like, well, why are you not going back to the chorus here? Well, because we're trying to to make it feel uneasy, right? The things we're talking about are uneasy and they're not, they don't feel like, you know, um, really pleasurable or release driven um, until we want you to get there. So I think there's a method to the madness, but it takes a second to kind of readjust and and kind of go, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. It's not, you know, three and a half minutes, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Right, um, right. It's, it's just different, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's, and that will be for some people. Some people will find it later. Some people will find it right away. It's just, that's what's so great about this industry is you can put out whatever you want and people are going to react different ways. What's your filter is it, or who is your filter when you sit there and you're kind of, you know, every, everyone that has a creative gene, you and I, that's what we do, right? There's this feeling that you get when it's either not right or it's really right. Are you the filter in the band or something else? Somebody else? Um, me and, and sin, we work on stuff together and we have, we have our own filters. Um, there's definitely filters. Like there's things that we've taken out of our music that we, that set off that sort of, we don't love it anymore. Um, things that people really liked about old Avenged Sevenfold. Um, we felt there was a little bit of a sugariness to some of the choruses and a little bit of pop element that kind of crossed the line. Um, and so there is a filter in terms of what is cool and going too far and what is just that that doesn't work. But again, as a creative person yourself, you just have that feeling and you know, that sort of threshold of like, 
that doesn't feel right right it's like that gut feeling like that eh, mm-hmm. i could live without that yeah it's 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 weird right you, you can't explain yeah. it but you just you can't teach it you just got it yeah i know it yeah. happens all the time by the way if you could pass him uh, on a message to mr gates uh and tell him that i spent uh my hard-earned money on one of his signature guitars my son he is my son's guitar hero and oh nice so that's his favorite guitar to play his sinister gates signature guitar hangs on his wall and he plays oh, nice. the living hell out of that damn thing i will tell him yeah. he'll be he'll be very happy about that he'll be excited it's cool right i mean to hear stuff like that you know that that's that's kind of maybe not why you got into the game but that's kind of a perk to hear somebody tell you that their kid is a fan of one of you guys and he's you're the idol is that neat it is cool and i you know i think about him and i think about how much hard work he puts in and how you know people look at him as one of the greatest living guitarists right now. And and I agree, but I see how much work goes into that and how much insecurity and um, just constantly trying to push himself and constantly being annoyed at himself and constantly, you know, like all these things you don't see, mm. you know, you see the cover of guitar world, but the thing is that guy is constantly self-exploring, trying to be better at his craft, trying to learn two new techniques and if you asked him if he's great at guitar, he'd go, no, I suck. You know, like, and that's like, that's just who he is. And I, so it's great when you hear it because you, you know, the hard work pays off and it's inspiring other people to not be like him, but to push it further themselves and see where they can take the instrument. Yeah. And don't sell yourself short, man. You were, you were what? Top five a few years back. Uh, greatest modern front man, ultimate guitar. Put you on that uh, list. I don't know. I saw it's, I think that's on my Wikipedia or something. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah I mean, those are just such uh, music. It's such a, um, that's cool though. Right. You know, it's, such, it is cool. It, it, it's never bad to be recognized. Um, but you don't ever want to let that stuff kind of, um, you don't, again, that's audience capturing me. Like they want this. So we got to, you know, I was voted this. So how do we shred here or do that? And you just want to keep moving forward and just see where it all lays in the end. Right. I I always ask front men, great front men like yourself and those from like the eighties, you know, where there was just a different kind of vibe, but that was awesome. Uh, Like what there's, there's, there's like one or two things that you have to have as a good front man, I always tell people there's got to be uh, like a femininity type of vibe in a good front man, like a Scott Weiland and Axl Rose. These guys, you know, they, there was a like a nurturing type of feel as they ran the room. Would that be accurate? I think you feel that on stage for sure. It's like a performance thing, yeah. right? And it's like you have to be vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable and you're, I would say, another thing is a wild imagination, right? You go up there and like the world is your oyster and you can do whatever you want. And that's why sometimes, you know, you'll watch people and you're like, what the hell are they thinking? That's awesome. Right. Like, <laughs> like some of these dances, I mean, you even see with like post Malone, like there's all these videos on of him in um, in Europe or I'm sorry, in Australia, opening for red hot chili peppers, I think. And he's doing these weird dances and like, and like, everyone's like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he on drugs? I'm like, no, he's just, he's doing whatever he wants. And that inspires people. Like I remember watching Scott Weiland and Axel and, and you're like, I would never do that, but that is so cool. Right. Like, and that it is, it's inspiring. It's fun. And that just kind of pushes everything forward where there are no rules, do whatever you want up there. Right. And, and, and that's, I think that's really cool. Do you, do you have uh, something that scares you? You know, a lot of 
artists. They don't talk about it all that much, but they've got stage fright and they've got ways to get over it. There's always that nervousness. And if you don't have that nervousness, then you're not doing something right, right? Before you get up there on stage, what do you do to chill a little bit? Yeah, I think um, I could do a better job of chilling. I, I'm a habitual, like I warm up too much. Like you wake up and you're like, Oh, is it there? Uh, okay. And then like all day you're just doing that. And that, that probably doesn't help the cause, right? Yeah. It's either going to be there or it's not. And I do get, I do get nervous when, um, when, when you have a little bit of time off or a, a, a new thing is starting and you haven't really done it a lot. Now there's definitely a groove you get into and there's definitely like a normalcy of walking out there in front of a lot of people that is probably not normal at all, mm-hmm. but like anything in life, you get used to it, but you know, take two weeks off and you start starting up again. It's like, Oh God, you know, what's going to happen here. And you definitely get nerves. I mean, everyone out there is just a human being and it's, um, it's absolutely uh, nerve wracking, but you can also think about it as most of these people just want to have a good time and they're there for the vibe right. and they're drinking and they're, you know, sometimes you, you have shows that you're completely off vocally and then it's like your greatest reviews and then nights that you just kill it and you know, it was great. And then it's like, eh, they sounded off tonight, you know, like, so you got to remember all those things. It's like, it's, it's more of just an entertainment product at that point for people to just have a good time yeah. and it's okay. It's not that serious. That was part one. Awesome. Of my conversation with M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. So Very cool. He's yeah. so cool, dude. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a cool cat. And I love his dimples. Really cool cat. Yeah. So deep. Yeah, yeah there's video that goes along with this. Uh I don't know if Odyssey posts the full-length video. I will on our YouTube page. I'll usually post all of them up there at the Bailey show. So mm-hmm. if you want to see that uh, Nobody is the new single from Avenged Sevenfold. Life is but a dream. Their new album comes out June 2nd. There's a part two to this conversation that will play uh, at the top of this hour. Yep. Yeah, we're already moved, morphed into this hour. All right. Uh, if This is going to be helpful for a lot of you. If you're so against something, right, there are rules that you need to abide by. If you hate something, if you're against something, if you're anti-something, you don't believe in what something stands for, and you take action, there are rules to it. Some country dude, Brantley Gilbert, obviously doesn't know those rules. This guy's kind of an idiot. I'll tell you what he did and what those rules are here in a minute. It's the BS on 98 Rock. Have you ever heard of the term chasing the hug? No. Chasing the hug uh, is when somebody will do something pretty stupid, out of the norm, doesn't make sense, doesn't add up for people to like them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I get what that means. Chasing the hug. Chasing the hug. Okay. Uh, you familiar with this country singer, Brantley Gilbert? I am not. Brant- Brantley Gilbert. That's about <laughs> that's about accurate, too, the way you're saying that. Yeah. Why? Because he's he like, he, he thinks he's a. He thinks he's a. Uh, you tough. come from country radio, right? Mm-hmm. I know Brantley. I know of Brantley Gilbert. I've interviewed him and, and made an ass of myself in front of him once. What'd you do? He's a, a recovering alcoholic, and so I knew that because of an interview I had done two weeks before I actually physically met him. And I walked up to him and a, a bunch of other people in radio, and it was at nighttime, and I was drunk, and I said, "Hey, where's all the good drinking at, boys?" And I ribbed him, and then I realized it was. It was kind of like my James Hetfield. <laughs> kind of yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Brantley Gilbert. It recently toured with Five Finger Death Punch, which is odd. 
Interesting. It was, it was a unique combination. But I think it's kind of cool when you can do that, to be honest with you. Uh, and he's doing a concert this past Saturday in Alabama. Uh, Brantley Gilbert is a Georgia boy. Hmm. Now, before I tell you what he did and my opinion on this, I, I will never fault somebody for what they believe. And like I, I always tell people, I tell my wife this, I tell my daughter this, no one can fault you for an emotion, right? So the world that we live in right now, you have people that are split for the most part, 50-50 mm-hmm. down the middle on what they believe and what they don't believe. The Bud Light thing, right? You don't believe Kid Rock hates Bud Light because they're, they, they, they teamed up with a transgendered person uh, to be more inclusive, right? He, even though he's drank Bud Light his entire career, he blows it up with a machine gun. So now, in his opinion, and many others that agree with Kid Rock, they believe that Bud Light is the devil because um, they don't believe in transgender, mm-hmm. which it, I, if Kid Rock wants to believe that, that's fine. You can't change that man's opinion if you think the opposite and, exactly. vice, and vice versa. And if you would stop trying to change other people's opinion, then we would probably get along a lot better. Like, you believe you, I believe me. Uh, let's go out and have a beer. It doesn't have to be Bud Light. Let's go have a Miller. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And my thing is believe in something, uh, whatever it is. So this Brantley Gilbert guy gets up on stage, and I didn't know that he was a recovering alcoholic, so this really doesn't make any sense. Mm. And he did uh, he did this during a cover of, I believe, Another One Bites the Dust from Queen, who, side note, fronted by a very gay man by the name of Freddie Mercury. <gasps> Freddie Mercury gay? Mm-hmm. True story. Oh, my God. He then takes a Bud Light can, <laughs> he looks at it, and he throws it down on the ground, and the crowd goes crazy in Alabama. So he's making a statement. Screw you, Bud Light, because you're pro-transgender and gay. Wow. You just did a cover of a song from a band whose front man is gay and died of AIDS. <laughs> There are rules. If you're going to believe in something, you have to do it 100%. -hmm. Not halfway. If you don't believe in the gay community or transgender community, then you can't fill your set list with a fan favorite from a band fronted by a gay guy. (laughs) You can't do it. That's against the rules. I bet you he doesn't even know that. So that Mm -hmm. makes him look even more idiotic that he did that. He probably doesn't even know that the front man was gay and then he died from AIDS. Yeah, I, I, he has to. If you're in, any, everybody knows this. God, you would hope, but man, but maybe I, she's on to something. I it, bet you he doesn't know. But now you look really stupid. Like your whole point is moot. And he looks silly now that Nelson said he's an alcoholic because yeah, why do you even have a beer well, in your hand in the first place? That's Well, that's chasing the hug. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's my point. That's somebody chasing the hug where they were making a statement. That's not even not, theirs. Not thinking it through, going, mm-hmm. why do you even have a beer can? You want to just want to be a part of something. So now I'm thinking you're back on, you know, you're back on the wagon. Right. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Like you you're an idiot. Like you you have to follow the rules of not believing in something. Again, I'm not faulting you for believing in what you believe in. I think everybody has a right to believe in what they believe in. Absolutely. And you have a right to have that conversation with anybody, in my opinion. Uh, and that person has the right to walk away, but that's you know that's just life. That's we're not all going to agree on stuff. 
I actually surround myself with people that believe in the opposite of what I believe in, mm-hmm. just because I like to learn about them. Yeah, you know, I, and, and and vice versa. Uh, but this guy, you know, th- th- this is chasing the hug to the nth degree. It is. This guy is putting on a dog and pony show to mark, be accepted, to be accepted by the crowd, mm-hmm. and to be put over. Yep. Because obviously his music isn't cutting it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling. It, if you're an established artist, you don't have to do cover songs. Nope. And if you do do cover songs, you know, like I know a lot of big bands will do a cover song. And Metallica turned the page, not included. You know what I'm saying? But like if you're an artist like uh, Foo Fighters, when Taylor Hawkins was alive, they would do Under Pressure. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins, uh, rest in peace. His uh, idol was Roger Taylor, the drummer for Queen. I watched him at the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Atlanta. Roger Taylor comes out, plays drums. Grohl goes to guitar, uh, Taylor Hawkins goes and sings. It was a cool moment, right? right? That's different than filling your set list because you don't have enough songs that people know. <laughs> right. That's what new bands do. You know. So anyway, it just bothers me. Well, like, and he wants so bad to not be country. That's you know, that's part of the teaming up with Five Finger Death Punch. He wants to be a rock artist. So you know he went and found a rock song and was like, Oh, this will really get him. Watch the next email I get is from Odyssey saying, "Hey, your next check-in was with Brand- is with Brantley Gilbert." <laughs> <laughs> That'll be hilarious. He's, he's got a new song coming to rock. <laughs> we want you to talk to him about it. Horrible. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass on that one. Mm. Well, then, then I'm not doing my job. I'd have to talk to him. You right? would have to talk to him, but then you would want to ask him, "Why are you trying to hug the tree?" That, it's not hugging. That's a totally different term. Well, however you said it, that's what you want to ask. Chasing the hug. Chasing the hug. Right, right, right. Yeah. That part. Hugging the tree is. <laughs> I bet he'd be against that, too. <laughs> well, definitely. He's probably going to look at me. I'm ending this conversation right now. I don't know what you're talking about, radio dude. I have no idea. All right. Third round of headlines, and then uh, here will get you the second part of the M Shadows conversation. What do you got? I'm going to tell you why you could find your face attached to porn and why a kid was banned from a park. All right, get you out here in a minute. It's the BS on 90 Rock. Third round, huh? Yep, third round already. All right, third round of headlines. Good. AI is now wreaking havoc for women. H5. Being the target of fake pornography, it's just been such a life-shattering experience. You know, whether they think it's real or not, the women themselves feel victimized. So now we have something called deep fakes, which are videos and images that have been digitally created or altered with artificial intelligence or machine learning. And basically what's happening is that they can take your face and attach it really to anything. They can change the voice, how it sounds. So in the dark web, they're now taking images of anybody, particularly women, maybe even somebody that you know, and they're putting it on these porno type. They're not like video games. It, it looks kind of real. And so people are are putting your picture in, doing a Google search, and porn's coming up. Is it, is it real sex, like real people? It's it's AI, so it's like... Yes. It's, yeah. You want to know about it? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you know all the details. It's actual- well, she's talking about deep fake like it came out five minutes ago. Right. Uh, it's it, I understand the concept, but I'm asking: is the the porn 
Are they replacing, like, are these just, ugly ugly faces and great bodies types of people? It's just, nor- it doesn't even matter what the face looks like. They're mm-hmm. just taking actual scenes from pornography and then putting a f- oh. any face they want onto the model's face. So they're copywriting the porn, mm-hmm. stealing it, yes. yeah. which is another, you know... Violation. Violation yeah. in itself. Sure. So it's not the porn industry, it's the well, like, it's the pirated porn industry. I wouldn't go that far because there are ads for it that have been out for more than a year now that they've been suggesting, oh, come to this site and you can bring any picture you want and put it onto our pornography. So I thought you were going to say like people had a problem with, uh, that's not her real face, that's somebody like her. <laughs> no, people <laughs> have cares? a problem with their faces being out there. That Now that I understand. Yeah. Yes. That I agree with. They're just taking any face. And there's mm-hmm. nothing that you can do to get it removed because no. it's AI stuff. It's done with a computer. Who are they going to bust for it? Nobody. Well, it's not exactly like there's a contact us tab yeah. on most porno sites either. So it's not like about the author. God, is that worse than having your identity stolen? Yes. Yes, because. Because you can fix the identity stolen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't fix your face nope. being in a porn Mm-hmm. And and having to explain that to people. And then can you, you know, if it's someone like me being put onto a body that's not not correct, I could obviously go, that's not me. But if you're anywhere near close to that body you type, prove that that's not you. Exactly. That's the problem right there. And what if you don't get a job and you can't prove it? Then you sue them once you do prove Wow, this could turn out to be a big to-do. It's going to be. It is, because the lady who was in this clip, that's her issue. She saw herself on one of these porn videos, and she's been fighting for years to try to get it taken down or removed or sue somebody, and it's ruining her life. God, what if it goes even to a bigger level, like you're a politician or a president of a country, a leader of a country, and you have some Mm -hmm. deep fake, and you're like, let's meet on Zoom to decide if we're going to... Bomb here. Oh, damn. No, here's the next level of deep fakes. What they're saying is happening is they're going to start doing that facial thing with politicians and putting information out, and it's going to look and sound real. It's going to look and sound like the president, but it's not really going to be the president. So now we're not going to be able to tell what's real and what's fake. Well, that's no different than, I mean, the last. 100 years. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> you can show people the truth. It doesn't mean they're going to believe that. Actually, yeah. actually, it might be better for politicians because once we find out it's not real, we go, okay, well, that's definitely not real. Right. <laughs> it's not literally, we're not taking your word for it. It's not real. It's like, we know that's fake. So that is not real mm-hmm. versus them lying to your face right. when their face is real. <laughs> you know? It'll be a doozy. All right, next one. An unattended teen got stuck in an amusement park, but not on a ride. H6. And this teen in a tight spot after he climbed into a claw machine at Carowinds yesterday and got stuck. 13 years old. You know the machine where you do the claw to pull something out of there? I was playing. You got one right over there. I was playing one um, the other day in Dave and & Buster's, and I almost won a ball. I was so excited. But this teen climbed inside one of those. Now, of course, the story never gives us the details we need. How he got inside of this machine, I still don't know. But somehow he climbed inside of the claw machine and got stuck and couldn't get back out. How old is he? 13. So the paramedics had to come, take the machine apart, get him out of there. And as punishment, they banned him. So he can't go back to the park. For a year. They banned him for a year. Yeah. The Carowinds. Was it North Carolina? It's in North Carolina. That's where Carowinds is. I got my hand stuck in a gumball machine when I was a kid. At that park? No, not at Carowinds. I've been to Carowinds, but no, it was my my mom used to, my first like five years of my life, my mother worked a lot. She worked at, uh, we lived in Maryland, giant grocery store. Mm -hmm. I've been up north, you've seen giants. They'd be the equivalent to our Safeways. 
And she, you know, there's no the days that no one could watch me. I'd just go to work, and it was in like in this little shopping mall, mm-hmm. and I would just run around the mall and oh meet people. Gosh. I'm like you four so years unoffended. old. I'm surprised somebody didn't snatch you. Well, there's a reason why they didn't want me. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, there's a reason. <laughs> but you know, that day and age, you could do that kind of stuff, I guess. And so I'd run around and stuff, and, and I didn't have any money. And it was, I didn't want a gumball. I wanted that. You remember the, the toy in the uh, plastic the bubble? Plastic yes. Bubble. <laughs> so yes. I jammed my hand up there. And I remember these things. They were like, as soon as you walked into the grocery store, they were on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And then you had the checkout counters on the right afterwards mm-hmm. on the left-hand side. So it's at the beginning of the store where people yep. are walking back and forth. I jammed my hand up in it and I could just touch it with my fingers. Oh. How did you fit your little hand up there? And then when I tried to pull it out, it wouldn't come out. So I'm dangling from this gumball machine, (laughs) and they have to call the fire department and the police and the you know the whole. Your mom get fired? No, no, no. They're like (laughs) they gave her more benefits for a special needs son. Lady, you can't keep bringing your kid to work. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a, a babysitter. Enough, enough for your son, Joan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I hit the uh, boiling point when I fell into the fountains. Oh and, God! And Bernie from Bernie's Pizza burnt my underwear in the pizza machine or pizza <laughs> oven. Oh my goodness! He's frying your underwear off. Well, he put it on a pizza, you know, the pizza tray. Oh my God! He pulled it out and had my whitey. Tidy whities and little black marks on them. <laughs> like, what grocery store is this so we can avoid it? Well, it was giant, but that was Bernie's Pizza. Oh, it was okay. right there in the corner. Okay. Yeah. He was running around down <laughs> there, too. And the fountain was out front. <laughs> yeah. uh, the second uh, part of the conversation I had with them, Shadows with Avenge Sevenfold, talking about the new album, the new uh, song, the second leg of the tour, uh, life in general, all kinds of good stuff. We'll play that for you here when we return. It's the BS on 90 Rock. Welcome back to the program. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There is Nelson, uh, the Odyssey app. Hopefully you got it on your phone. You can stream us live. You can get the podcast at any time. Very user-friendly app. Also on thebaileyshow.com. And if you're on Instagram at listen to the BS, if you're on the Facebook at listen to the BS, and YouTube at the Bailey Show, where we'll post the uh, full-length interview that I had with M. Shadows, just like the Wolfgang interview that we had the other week uh odyssey comes to me and says hey can you do these check-ins they call them odyssey check-ins and very cool get to talk to neat people and uh whatever it is that they're you know promoting at the time with avenge sevenfold we played the first part of it last hour talking about the new single nobody how the album's different life is but a dream which comes out in stores june 2nd you can pre-order it now the second leg of the tour which we'll get into uh in this second part of this conversation uh, because I saw them open for Metallica, which was an interesting pairing, right? Right. That, you know, big band, big band. Metallica is, you know, big, big band. And then Avenged Sevenfold. But anyway, so we had this conversation. We also get into the Ticketmaster stuff that uh, M Shadows and Avenged Sevenfold have kind of been at the forefront with on social media. So here's the second part of my conversation with M Shadows. That was definitely a little more uncomfortable because you're not in your setting and you're in the daylight and you don't have your toys with you and you're playing a quick set and you're the opening band, right? So it's um, it's a different thing because when you're headlining, everybody's in the palm of your hand before it even happens, right? right? Like they're ready. They're going to sing no matter what. Like you're not even going to hear yourself. When you're opening for Metallica and the 
and the place is sort of like slowly filling up half the venues full you're in the daylight getting hit by the sun like all these so you, you almost have to go to war yeah. right like you got it like you might have some people in the pit that are like into this but there's a lot of skeptical arms crossed like I don't like these new bands. I don't want anything to do with this. You know, I'm waiting for the real metal gods to show up. Um, and so you have a, it's, it's really a lot more um, like feeling like you're going to war, to be honest. Right. I remember years ago, early nineties seeing Soundgarden open up for guns and roses towards the tail end of the GNR run into the grunge era. And they got booed. And, yeah. and it was, it was crazy just to see the disconnect between the audiences. You had like 25% were in plaid and Doc Martens and then everybody else, you had the bandanas and the ripped jeans and the long permed out hair, such an odd combination at the time. Yeah. And if you ask those people now, you know, who's one of the greatest singers of all time, they'd all know it's Chris Cornell. So absolutely, it's like, you just pay your dues and you just know, like you think you think like if you were like a Venge Sevenfold, you might be like, oh, everyone here knows who we are. Like they, they we're in the press all the time. We've sold millions of records and you go there and you quickly realize that most don't, mm -hmm. right? These are people that are like, they've heard the name in passing maybe, or they not really a fan or they're just black album Metallica fans and they right. don't really pay attention to what's going on. And so it's like, it's, it's actually a, um, it's a, it's a little shocking and it's kind of like really good to knock your ego down a bit and go, listen, there's, there's a lot of places to go from here. There's a lot of people that don't know who you are that don't pay attention. Like how do you seep this into the mainstream a little bit? And um, you know, it's, it's just really interesting to be honest. Yeah. You go out there and you're like, wow, most of these people have no clue what, who we are. I know it used to exist. I don't think it exists that much anymore in, in the industry, but bands headlining bands would pick bands to open for them that were good but they weren't going to steal the show if yeah. i'm metallica obviously you're saying no egos if they have avenged sevenfold open for them because you guys damn well could steal the show um is that still a thing like when because you know you guys just uh put tickets out for the second leg of your tour uh like when you're picking opening bands you're like yeah these are good but let's not get too good here I think, um, I think there's a reality there, right. Where you might get a hot up and coming band, like Avenged Sevenfold, but there's no doubt that when the sun is down and the toys are coming out mm -hmm. and the, the sound is getting revved up, there's just, there's no way to compete with that. Right. There's just no, there's just no way that people there are going to care about the band that played the one hour set in the, in the daylight with nothing, just trying to run around, can barely see us. There's like a little screen up there showing a little bit of us and then everything turns on and it becomes right. the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Metallica was smart. You know, I know Lars um, had called me a couple of times about that tour. We turned it down at first and just didn't seem like something we wanted to do because we wanted to do our own thing. And he had called a bunch of radio stations and said, who's the band to bring out? And, and we happen to be friends, but he called and said, we really want you guys because we want this thing to just blow out and be great for the rock fans, but also have new blood out there. We don't want to bring, you know, an eighties band or we want to do something that's relevant and new. And so they're very smart with what they do, but it's, it would be very hard for the cards we were dealt to go blow them off the stage. Right. It's just, it's not, 
it's not really an easy thing to do. Walk me through a conversation with Lars from Metallica and turning him down numerous times to go on uh, tour with them. Well, I just, you know, he calls and, and how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And, and listen, we're, we're definitely in a relationship where we call each other about whatever, yeah. like just stuff, right? Um, hang out with him whenever I can, whenever I'm up in the East Bay, when he's down here. But when he calls about that, like, hey, we're doing this thing. It's going to be great. And I was just like, we have only headlined for so long. And one of the things that we heard early in our career, and one thing we respected immensely about certain bands is if you headline, people think of you as a headliner. And if, if you go and open for people constantly, they'll always think of you as second fiddle. And one thing I was really concerned with was as long as we had been a band, we had put out Hill of the King, we put out Nightmare, we put out City of Evil, put out all these records that had done really well. And we were an arena band at that point and you could do arenas by yourself. So the idea of opening and taking all the toys away, everything everyone ever seen, my question to him was, I don't think this is the right look for new people getting into Avenged Sevenfold. Mm -hmm. This isn't mm -hmm. where we're at. But to a lot of mainstream people, it was, oh, you're the band that opened for Metallica, which put us on a higher pedestal, which was weird to me. <laughs> yeah, right. But then I, we still live with that where, oh, you guys were the openers for Metallica, which they see as cool. I see as, yeah, but we're Avenged Sevenfold. We're our own thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the conversation just went, we're not going to do that. Then they would call CAA and offer more money. And we're like, we're not going to do that. And then it, <laughs> then it eventually became like, okay, we're going to do that because it just, we'd be idiots not to. Right. Um, but I still walked away from that tour, extremely grateful, but extremely, I think, right about taking that tour. It did put us in that weird position of you're not, you're, you're second fiddle to this. So which, it's, it's strategy uh, with you. It's, it's, it sounds like, you know, when you're picking and choosing your spots, you're really smart. Like you're foreshadowing the future of saying, okay, how is this going to affect Avenge Sevenfold if we choose this? I think of what the perception is. Yes. Wow. Um, I think of, I think if you don't want to be particularly tied down to a certain genre or a certain um, like sort of tribal area of rock, then you have to really watch who the opening bands are that you bring out. Uh -huh. Right. Um, I know that there's a bunch of bands that we could take out that we would sell more tickets if we did it. Yeah. But we don't want that look because then you get locked in and that's why you start seeing these tours where it's the exact same bands yeah. going out every summer doing the same venues. And to me, I would rather have less people at the show and be much more strategic or um, bizarre with who we pick or who we bring out. And that to me is just a, an artistic choice of like, we, we don't want to get pigeonholed anywhere because then the next call is, well, it's got to do as good as that tour because we did that last time. So do that again, wrap it up again, put a new name on it and you see it. And that's fine if that's what you want to do, but we're, we don't want to do that, <laughs> you know? Right. And so, yeah, every single like thing, whether you're opening or you're headlining or, 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 or what it is, you have to really think about these things um, because people have a perception and they stick with that perception. And it's hard to break. Yeah. Explain to, uh, the, Avenge Sevenfold new Ticket Pass blockchain platform, uh, the partnership and that involves NFTs. You, you know, before you do that, you know, about a year or so ago, um, you went on Twitter to talk about Ticketmaster. I think it was during like a Taylor Swift blow up or something like that. 
And you said, hey, look, it's don't blame them. It's the artists that that set the ticket prices. And that got around, you know, because people I know fans were like, what are you talking about, dude? Is that is that true? So you've been kind of vocal about it, but very educational about the process. What are you guys doing with this uh, leg two of the tour? Yeah. So first off, imagine a world where you have all the greatest managers in the world. You have CAA, you have all these people involved booking these shows, right? Yeah. Imagine a world where Ticketmaster just opts you into something and makes all this extra money on top to beat the, the scalpers and CAA, the artist, the, they say nothing about it. Well, that's because they're opting in, right? It's like, but the, but the idea of it is not egregious. You have to actually think about it from any perspective. If you look at any market, the fan or the, the consumer will, will decide what market value is for anything, whether it's a house, a car, an iPhone, whatever it is, you are going to pay the price that it is worth. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with ticketing is if you give somebody a front row seat for $200 and now they realize because there's just not, there's no, the supply and demand is out of control. Some of these huge artists, right? They're coming to the city one time. They're, that's the only time you're going to get to see them for a year. Let's call it Bruce Springsteen or Blink-182, whatever you want it to be. What was happening is even these fans were saying, well, now my ticket's worth $1,500. I'm going to resell it. So the idea there is like, either I can take away the fundamental right of the fan to be able to sell something that they own or Ticketmaster came to the artist and said, well, we, if there's a lot of, you know, action happening on these tickets, they'll rise. And then the market will decide what the value is. Mm -hmm. If they're not buying them, they'll go back down. So that's dynamic pricing. And the artist said, okay, well, I'd rather make the money than the scalper or Mm -hmm. the fan that's reselling. So there's where the rub is, right? So the artist says, okay, well, I'd rather make the money. I'm coming here once. I, I, I don't like the fact that that guy made, uh, you know, $1,200 on the ticket that I made $200 on. That's just backwards. And I think any fan would agree with that. But where you get the rub is music's emotional and music has all these different things where people feel like they deserve a ticket no matter what. Now, I'm not here to argue that or to, to be pro-capitalism or pro-whatever, right? That's not my point. But the point is artists opt in. What we did with Ticket Pass was we were very clear that we are going to opt into those sorts of things. If there's if we play an underplay and there's 4,000 tickets, we would rather make the upside. But if you use this blockchain Ticket Pass, we are going to forego that for the real fans that want to get the tickets in the beginning. Now, someone could say, well, couldn't a scalper get Ticket Pass? Well, here's where the cool thing comes in. We can actually track fans that are buying merch that are listening, their listening habits, where they're listening on Spotify. You know, you see at the end of the year, top percent of an artist, we can actually give them tokens and tear up their pass. So we know that they're bigger fans and we make sure that they get tickets first. Now, if they buy a front row ticket and they still decide to scalp it, I think that's their fundamental right as an American to be able to resell something that they bought. But we know the fans that are actually participating in our ecosystem are the ones that are getting the tickets first. Wow. And that sounds like a lot of convolution because it's a very nuanced subject, but that's essentially what we're doing is American airlines for a band, right? You fly with us a bunch. You're always doing these things and you, and now you're stuck. We're going to get you a room. We're going to upgrade you to first class. We're going to do this flight for free. So we're basically building out a system to where if you use your own habits that you're normally doing anyways, then we are going to reward those people because we can see it on the blockchain. 
Wow. Uh, Sac State is calling right now, and they want to offer you a job as a professor for economics. <laughs> no, I'm I'm good with uh, just rocking out. If the if the whole rock and roll thing doesn't work out, you dude, you've got such a job at some college nearby. Yeah, that's that's really smart, and that's cool that you explain it like that. Where I mean, we can understand it, um, but you don't hear artists talk about it all that much, if ever. No, because and and listen, there's a bunch of things behind the scenes, right? Ticketmaster would much rather do all in pricing. Right. So imagine you go to a blink show and it's, there's one price, not the added service charge, right. but the reason they do the service charges is the artist can look good. And then everyone can th- shoot the arrows into Ticketmaster's back. Ticketmaster has to make a living at some point. Now, some of those charges look crazy, right? And you see the ones that go viral and it's like, come on, like you're charging a hundred dollar service charge on a $20 ticket. I don't know where that happens, but normally that's not what's going on. Um, but you know, artists are taking about a hundred percent to sometimes 105% of the gross uh-huh. and Ticketmaster. The only way they're making money is by the ticket charge. Yeah. Now artists could opt into all in pricing, but they don't want to do that because they'd rather have Ticketmaster be the bad guy and Ticketmaster is okay with that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's having an honest conversation and you will get people that go, well, you're still a jerk because you're going to opt into dynamic pricing. And I would argue, I don't think I am. I think the jerk is the guy that makes 10x what I made when I was the one on stage and had to be away from my family. Right. And so, but whenever you talk about finances with art, people want to um, really misconstrue both and go, well, you're not an artist because you're, well, well, no, I'm, I made the art and now I'm going on tour. Yeah. And now I think the band should see the upside. How but often, that's where I'll, I'll leave it. How, how, how often do you, uh, when you're out and somebody recognizes you and you've got a show nearby, give out free tickets to somebody that will come up to you. How often do you do that? Oh, all the time. Yeah. 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 It's on, it's on the app, right? I learned about y'all's rock and roll rock, rock band app from the guys in lit. And I ran into them and they, I didn't even know that they were in town. I was actually there for Brett Michaels for a show and they came out with, they were like on tour with Hoobastank and stuff. They're like, yeah, why don't you come? We're, we're performing tomorrow night. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. You got tickets. I'm thinking these got tickets and it was Taylor you know, the drummer was like, uh, he's like, no, but we got an app. And he pulls up this special app. I was like, that's way cool. I've been doing this a long time. I never knew you guys had a special app. Now that's neat. That's crazy. Yeah. There's so much new technology that people can utilize and, but technologies, uh, these sort of things are, are really, you know, right. They're scary to a lot of people, you know, sure. um, apps, blockchain, these, uh, tokens that we've been giving people. If you, if you take the time to learn it all, life can be a lot easier. But um, but I understand the trepidness. Well, look, man, uh, I'm a fan. My son's a fan. We're all fans. I'm very excited for this uh, song. I want to see how it plays out. I think it's going to do like what you're saying, is that it'll, and that's the good stuff. That's somebody. What? Oh, yeah, good. Kind of like the first time I saw Swingers. Didn't get it. Second time, got high, got it. Um, there you go. <laughs> the, and also the new album, Life Is But a Dream, June second. You can pre-order that. AvengedSevenfold.com. Really, really cool website. Whatever one you pick, two or three, uh, you guys are always doing some cool stuff. So uh, I dig it. And uh, M Shadows, Matt, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. And best of luck. And hope to talk to you again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. If you're looking for a watch party for Thursday night's game with the Kings, they'll be uh, at Golden State for game three. We're up 2-0, just in case you don't know. There's a watch party at the Golden One Center. That rhymed. What rhymed? We're up too well, in case you didn't know. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Meant to do that. 
I know you did. Watch parties free, but you need a ticket uh, to get in. How much are the tickets? I just said the, the, the oh, thing's I, free. <laughs> oh, well, you say you need a ticket to get in. So I'm like, how much is a ticket? Nothing. I didn't catch it. The Why watch. You me slow down. The watch party. <laughs> I missed that part. Is free, but a ticket is required for admission, which tells me that you need to get a free ticket. Yeah, I guess so. In order to get in. <laughs> just sounds like there's probably a limit then. Yeah, the that's why you need a ticket. The only thing they don't say on this is how to get. Oh, there it goes. You reserve the free tickets. You got to hit the button. Okay, and then it takes you to a. Oh, we get it. That uh, takes you to the Odyssey website. Hmm. So I don't have a URL to give to you. Um, <laughs> Pretty nice company we got here. Huh? Yeah, well, you get the email. It's like share this, so I'm sharing it, but it doesn't have a URL. So uh, I guess just Google it. I don't know because it sends like you click on the reserve free tickets and it takes you to the Odyssey website. I don't know. Got to figure that out. Neato. Yeah. Uh, I so I was I had this conversation with my mother the other night, and she was ta- I was talking about how, you know all these Amazon packages because there's things that I've ordered for Amazon for her. Mm-hmm. She lives in Florida. She's 76, and there are certain things that she needs, and I just might as well subscribe to them and get them delivered to her house. And so uh, pee pads being one of them, dog pee pads. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, that's when you heard the Amazon thing. Yeah. So th- that's one of them. And then we start talking. I, I was, I think I was like in Home Depot or something. I'm talking about earbuds in and so uh, I was telling her the story about the one I told yesterday about the, the plunger, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the, the service guy and, and how we Instacarted it. And she was like, you know, what's Instacart? And I explained to her what Instacart is. And she goes, <laughs> she's so precious. She was like, oh, that, that, really, <laughs> really, that, they'll bring it to you. You know, that's how they'll, they'll bring it to you. Really? You know, she never oh my gosh. she never finishes her sentence. <laughs> she just gets so blown away by the idea. You pay right through the and they, you, really, really. Yeah, so she'll never finish the thought. And then she, you trust that with your credit card? And I said, Yeah, sure. Why not? In your phone. <laughs> you, and the guy brings the thing to the thing. It, really? Yeah. You should have your mom interview the guy from TikTok. You know what I mean? Like, see what, what's going on on the app there. That'd be hilarious. Uh, so so she goes, you know, so then age came up, and I was like, yeah, we're not getting any younger. And she goes, tell me about it. She goes, like, I just don't think, you know, I, she goes, I think I've outlived my time in this world where, you know, technology has just passed you by. Yeah, I hear a lot of uh, older people say that. And, you know, and if you look at the gap, you know, the 80s was the big tech boom, right? And then the 90s, the dot-com era. And, and, you know, for us Gen Xers, we gradually saw the big boom Mm -hmm. of technology. So we're not really blown away when, you know, AI, deep fake, all that stuff comes about. Chat, was it chat, chat, G. Chat GPT. GPT. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. But for somebody that's, you know, a boomer that's 76 years old, it's a whole new world of them. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, they're a, they grew up in a world where you don't you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm still trying to teach my dad how to text. And, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, you, <laughs> you have to be patient with that generation. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, just like uh, our grandmothers when we were kids growing up, they didn't understand the stuff. That toy talks you put a battery in the toy and it talks you know that kind of thing 
So you can get TV, you more than one cha- what a, a TV. You know? mm. So I said, Mom, it's not that. She goes, I can't learn any of this stuff. I said, Mom, it's not that you can't learn this stuff. You just have to try. Mm-hmm. She's part of a generation where if they, you know, they were taught, and this was kind of passed down to us Gen Xers too. If they were taught that if you don't know what you're doing, don't touch it because you're going to break it. Yes, that's right. exactly. And we were taught that too. Right. It was passed down to Gen mm-hmm. Xers, but then we kind of morphed into the, ah, screw it. You know, I'll just buy another one. Right. Exactly. Right. Because we didn't value things like that generation valued things. Not at all. Uh, there will never be another generation that valued the hard work and, and money and all that stuff like the boomers did. And even before that, you know, uh, especially before that, those that went through the Great Depression, like my grandmother, your grandmother, your grandfather, right. you know, they valued the Everything. value of a dollar. They knew the value of a dollar. Yes. True value. So anyway, she goes, you know, I, I'm not I can't do that. I guess, Mom, you could do it. And it frustrates me at some point because she can work Facebook like a champ. <laughs> but she doesn't want to do anything else. She's probably learned how to write code for Facebook. Right. No, she- doesn't even realize it. <laughs> and she made a comment even during this conversation. She's uh, She said something that was like I was blown away that she knew it. It was techie. And she goes, well, Jason or J- Jace, you, you can Google just about anything. <laughs> so so like well you are where are you on this spectrum are you like dumb or are you all-knowing where, where yeah so she goes i never had to worry about these things growing up and that's my point she says you know we didn't you know my generation i didn't have to learn all these things i didn't have to worry about all these things and i said yeah but the things that you went through in your generation growing up in the 50s and 60s uh her mother my grandmother would say the same thing to her mm-hmm. that she's saying to us that we probably either now or eventually will say to our kids. It repeats itself. It just repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And she says to me, she goes, I don't think that there was anything that surprised your grandmother. There was no technology that made her just question the world we live in. And, and I thought about it for a second. I go, well, TVs came about. Right. That was the era of the TV. Um, The radio listening before was gather around the radio Mm -hmm. at one point in time. We're going to listen to the shadow, little orphan Annie. And then, you know, so those days were now done. Now you're watching television. And so that was kind of a a shock factor. She goes, no, not really. Not really. Not really. She goes, you know, maybe the biggest shock was rock and roll. <laughs> that was the biggest shock to your grandmother. Oh, she's talking about the rock and roll that was made by black people in the fifties. She's not talking about like no, the heavy metal or anything. No, she's talking about Elvis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. she's talking about Elvis, uh, specifically Elvis. Gotcha. You know, she's talking about Ricky Nelson. Mm-hmm. She's talking about those types of artists. You know that she was into, and you know my grandmother, Bing Crosby, Perry Como. Right. And 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 I was like, well, that makes sense. I go, but it's very similar to technology. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's something new. It's something different. It's something that you have to give a chance. Give it a chance. You have to learn. She goes, no, I'm not. I'm going to leave this world not knowing how to get on the Instacart, uh, and I'm fine with that, Jace. I'm just fine with that. Then she starts to get angry with me. She's like, I. I Stop trying to force me to do these apps. I don't. I don't know what that is. I don't. I, Mom, you're already doing the apps. You're on the Facebook all the freaking time. You believe everything on Facebook. I keep telling you, it's not just because it's on Facebook. It's not true. Like that's real, by the way, people. Older people believe everything on Facebook. Younger people, too, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, Mom, you're already on the apps. You know how to do the apps. You know how to do the Google. You know how to do all this other stuff. You know, I've taught you how to use Alexa. 
Like you, you play music in your house just by saying stuff. Right. You can do it. You can do it. No other. <laughs> Jace, I don't like you pressuring me like this. I just don't, Jace, I don't want to be pressured into doing the apps. That's all she says to me. Well, the good thing you got going for you is that your phone is always listening, so eventually the Instacart ads are going to show up on Facebook, and then she'll be a pro. Right. She, well, I mean, it's every, like, she, she again, if you know how to do Facebook, you can pretty much do any app. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. You've done one, you can do them all. Well, and they're she, all pretty intuitive anymore. Mm-hmm. She goes to the bank to have them help her with her app, her bank app. <laughs> Well, in her defense, (laughs) if you're not too tech savvy, those bank apps can be a little bit tricky. I'll give her that. But she's so, you know, again, that generation, very private. Don't, you know, I'm like sharing my phone number. She always has this thing where people reach out. She's selling something on, she knows how to sell stuff on Facebook. Okay. Oh, no. Mom might be tripping then. Yeah. So she can sell stuff on Facebook, but she doesn't want anybody to call her. Right. Well, she right. want him to get it from her. You talk through the Facebook message <laughs> because she wants to stay private, right? She so wants. How's she gonna meet him to give it to him? They're gonna work it out on the Facebook chat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But here's the thing: for somebody that wants to be so private and not give out their phone number, she goes to the bank and gives them her password to get into her app. <laughs> I guess she figures they already have her information anyway for the bank. Well, no, again, that generation, they if you work at the bank, you're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there, too. There's certain jobs you're just trustworthy. Right. You know? She can give the banker her password. It's no problem. I want to tell her, say, Nikki D said you're tripping. Nah, don't you tell her that. I haven't fallen all week. But look, if she if she can sell stuff on Facebook, that's a little bit more advanced. Yeah, Mom's it is. a little bit more advanced than she's leading on. Oh, it's good. When she posts something, the picture is always really blurry oh. or from far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did she just start doing that though? Because didn't uh. you give her give her, her first good camera phone? No, she was doing that before we reconnected. Oh. That's okay. why I got her a new phone because her pictures. Blurry. Either she either Yeah. Either she hadn't cleaned her lens in years or she didn't realize where it was and she kept putting her thumb over it. Oh my goodness. But she's like, Yeah, here's a picture of my dog and it's like the leg. You know, everything else is it's like the face is being censored. <laughs> she don't want you tracking her dog. Yeah, like the the face was a nipple on Disney. You know, like you have to censor it out. Mom. She's gonna That's get it awesome. together. Chase, just don't just just stop just stop trying to force me to do these apps, Jace. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Uh, fourth and final round of headlines. What do you got? I'm going to tell you what new celebrities popped up at the Kings game last night and what a man did to save a panda. All right, get you the fourth round of headlines here in a minute. It's the BS on 98 Rock. Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines. Here we go. Fourth and final round of headlines. Nikki D. The beam is lit and the Kings are on fire. Eight, seven. Seven seconds left. Wiggins. And that's it. Light the beam. What a scene in Sacramento. The stadium was on fire last night as the Kings once again came away with the victory over the Warriors. We did have a little drama with um, the guy from the Warriors being ejected, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Draymond Green was ejected. Um, (laughs) But outside of the drama, there were some celebrity sightings last night since you all want better celebrities to be in attendance. On the Kings side, we saw 
Mayweather, and your favorite, 50 Cent. 50? Oh, okay. 50 people there? Yes, 50 was there. 50. From the, the Jackson Five? Yeah. Oh my God. They were in attendance of Floyd the game. Floyd Mayweather was there. He was. Floyd Mayweather was courtside. Right. See, for the Kings. For the Kings. Yes. That's a celebrity. Yes. That is. He's not there every time though. But they're bringing in some some big names. That's right. We don't have uh, you know some quasi celebrities like WD forty. E forty. Right. Well, he's E-40. got forty. So- he got songs that Jason's heard of at least. It's my birthday. I know my birthday song. <laughs> do you? I do. 50 cent piece. <laughs> so I'm anxious to see uh, who's going to show up for the next game, what celebrities are going to be courtside when they go back to the Warriors home team, and we'll see what happens. They're just going to have a seat for Sam Elliott's mustache. <laughs> no, I wonder if he 40 is going to go back because, you know, that's where he's normally at with the Warriors. So I yeah. wonder if he's going to go back there. Well, somebody, like I said earlier, the streak is on. Somebody from that team, whether it's a player or their fan base, needs to get ejected. We'll see what happens. It's a trend, you know. Well, once it's mm-hmm. a, once it's a, uh, mm-hmm. twice it's a, hmm, okay. three times it's a, oh, by the way, I found out where you can go get these uh, tickets. The tickets are free for the watch party at the Golden One Center, but you need tickets. You know, Nikki didn't quite understand. I repeat, that. the tickets are free. Yeah. Nikki didn't understand <laughs> that the, the tickets are free. <laughs> she, but she still wanted to know how much they were. But do you need one though? Uh, you still yeah. need one, oh, but oh. they're free. Kings.com/slash/playoffs. Kings.com/slash/playoffs. Okay. All right, next one. Oh gosh, you threw me off saying it that way. Um, the Heimlich is not just for humans, but pandas as well. H eight. The first sign of choking is usually clutching at the throat or signaling hands towards mouth and then teaching people of all ages how to perform the Heimlich. Just out of curiosity, what, how, how did I throw you? I mean, you have it written down. You write these. Yeah, so, I have it written I mean, down, but you were like. Did you forget how to read because I was talking? No, because my brain was in another thought with the kings and the tickets and my brain was thinking something about tickets and you're like, go. And my brain was still talking. I Your can't brain was it. talking. Right. <laughs> It wasn't ready to like just. Go. What planet are you from? I'm <laughs> from planet Earth, but I and I'm, I'm not here to harm you. Talk to myself in there. <laughs> I am Nikki D. I am from planet Earth. I'm not here to harm you. My brain is still talking, and the tickets are free. My brain is still talking, and the tickets are free. The tickets are free. <laughs> so a giant panda was saved by its breeder who performed the Heimlich. Now, this video is cool and it's kind of a little bit sad at the same time. He was feeding the panda some carrots, and apparently the carrot chunks were too thick and they got stuck in the panda's throat. Oh, no. So he begins to do the Heimlich maneuver on the panda, just like you would on a human person. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'm the only person who, who didn't know this, but I didn't know you could give Heimlich to animals. Why not? I don't know. I just never thought about it. I've never seen it or heard it. Like he literally got behind the panda, which weighs 400 plus pounds, did his um, chest compression thing, and the carrot came up. Well, don't say it like it's so hard. I weigh 400 pounds. You can give me the hind leg. I mean, picking you up from off of the ground. You don't have to lift me that up. That would be. Cool. He had to lift the panda up. The panda fell okay. down. I'm just curious. You want to see? Oh my God! So you gotta lay down, cause the no, pen. No, 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 lay down. The pen was. Oh, you just gonna try to do it from him standing up? Put me in the mood. Okay, okay, he's choking. I'm Nelson, don't worry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! You might die. Hold on. Okay, he's getting his arms go. around him. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, really? I can do it. You can do really? it. Really? You saved my life. But you have but you have to do it like you you know, clean and jerk. <laughs> where you have to you jump. You know, you jump and you slam your feet down in order to get more of a bounce. Oh There's God. no way you're picking up I just picked up a panda. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Call you, you the panda master. But I don't understand why you, you you can't understand. It would be easier to give the Heimlich to, an to, animal? to something bigger. Yeah. Because you're not worried about breaking breaking their ribs oh, or I didn't something. Think about that, right? But oh. you know, have, have you ever seen uh, like firemen give or fire people give uh, CPR to dogs and cats? No, never. I have seen that. Yes. It's way cool, right? That may be the coolest thing you've ever seen. Someone saving a dog's life that way. Never seen it. And the dog's like, <laughs> then comes back to life and. <laughs> That's cool. I, I haven't. I haven't. And as much animal stuff as I watch in Animal Planet, I've never seen this done. Never seen somebody, a person get CPR? Yes, I have seen a person. And get, brought, get brought back to life? Oh, no, 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 no. Not brought back to life, but I've seen them getting CPR. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. No way. Especially mm-hmm. if you know that person. Absolutely. I'd be freaking out. Mm-hmm. That's what happened uh, that summer with my daughter's uh, friend. And did mm-hmm. they crack her ribs? Because a lot of times your ribs crack when they do it correctly. No, she just sat there lifeless. All I did was b- kneel down on the sand on the beach, oh look up in the sky with tears in my eyes, and pray to God. It was the most horrifying experience I've ever had. And the, luckily, there was a nurse vacationing, and uh, she brought her back to life. She starts foaming at the. I mean, it's not like the movies, by the way. You know, like in the movie Cocktail, when Tom Cruise <laughs> saves. Saves the girl, and she, you know, oh, I'm fine. You know, let's go drink some more. Yeah, it ain't like that. You go to the hospital, right? You know, and you're there for a minute. So, uh, but I just saved a panda. I can. Well, I should you say did. I can save a panda. <laughs> you did. You saved Nelson. Saved a life. Okay. Last minute calls, comments, concerns. Nine one six nine zero nine zero nine eight five. Wrap things up. Get out of here on a what is it? Tuesday. 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 It's the BS on ninety rock. As always, we appreciate you listening. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There's Nelson. Before we get out of here, I'd like to share a story of a young man that co-cocked another young man. Ooh. Kid in Illinois. In a wrestling match. Like real wrestling? Yeah. Like Greco-Roman wrestling? Yeah, the kind you're not supposed to cold cock a guy doing? Right, exactly. It was some tournament called Beat the Streets, uh, April 8th at Oak Park River Forest High School in Oak Park, Illinois. I almost went to school in Lake Forest. Where kids ages 8 to 18 were participating, and there's uh, this one kid... And he's got kind of, he's a white kid. He's got kind of like that surfery, beaverish hair. Mm-hmm. And he's wrestling this, what looks like a light-skinned black kid and with short black hair. And uh, it's a good match, or it's a good little back and forth. And then the white kid flips him over. Like, he, he wins. He gets mm-hmm. up. It's over. It's done. And you go over, and, you know, you shake hands, and you go about your business. You've got the referee or whatever he is there. And so he goes to shake his hand. And the kid just, I mean, hits him like he's been a pro boxer his whole life. Mm. Lays him out. And if it's funny, because it was not funny, but you look in the background at the people watching this, no one reacts. Really? Not even the parents of the kids? They're stunned. It it takes them like five or six seconds to like acknowledge what just went on. But this kid hits him hard. I just don't remember kids getting hit that. Like, I used to fight all the time. I'd see fights. I've seen good fights, better fights than I, were, I was in. And I won some, and I got my ass kicked in a lot. 
uh, you know, been there, done that. But I don't ever remember getting hit this hard from these kids. Look like they're twelve. God, hitting like Creed. Yeah, I'm trying to find this video. It, it, I want to see it. It makes you wonder: Was the white kid jawing at all during the match, or saying some foul stuff, and then talking trash, and was too much, or was the kid just a, a loose cannon? Or it doesn't matter. You still can't do that. I was about to say, it's the same thing. It, it, they're fighting a lot now in sports, just like those girls did at the basketball game. Like, you can't have bad sportsmanship and be punching people. Yeah, it, it, I, I've never seen so many just loose cannons. There was a mm-hmm. kid I saw uh, at school, the teacher. It was like a teacher's aide. It wasn't even a teacher. It was a substitute. Everybody's talking about that. You know the one that took the cell phone? Yeah. And the kid... Yeah. He went after, and it, I don't think it was uh, a cell phone. I think it was a, a Nintendo game. Right. And he, I mean, I mean the, that kid was going to kill that teacher or whoever it was. With one punch, he knocked her unconscious. Her. And I'm like, him oh to her. My hit a woman, gosh. man. Yeah, I, he punched her. She was unconscious. But it was the other teachers that was in the area that kind of stunned me in the video because they were hesitant to try to help her. Well, because you're worried about losing your job. As soon as you t- as soon as you touch a kid, that's over. He You're- was not a kid. He was a monster. He was a man baby. That boy was huge. Man baby, man baby, and man baby. And the lady's unconscious, so I would want my coworkers to help me mm-hmm. at all costs. I, was, I always thought it was funny when teachers would get involved. Right. Like I, I got in a fight with this kid one time, and uh, our athletic director at my high school, he was, he was like an SNL skit, right? He had that I'm athletic for a middle-aged guy build. <laughs> he wore those tight bike shorts. <laughs> You know, not for bicycling, but they're made by the company Bike. <laughs> right, right. And he he always wore a school shirt that was tucked in, way tucked in to the bike shorts. To the bike shorts. Oh no! Always had some kind of paper folded in the back pocket, <laughs> and then the high tube socks. Right. Always white with his white sneakers, and and he 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 fit the part. He lived the gimmick. He LTG'd the situation, right? And so I get in a fight with this kid on the. We were on the football field. I forget what we were playing. We we're playing something. And I punch him, and the kid punches me back, and then I grab him because I was a lot bigger than he was, and I throw him to the ground, and then I was going to do, I don't know what I was going to do. The next thing I know, <laughs> the, this this teacher, coach, spears me. Oh, my God. Lays me out. Awesome. And has his forearm <laughs> up against my throat. Stop it. Bailey, stop it. Just stop it now. And I'm like, okay, dude. You're like, you're badass. I didn't oh, realize you, you were such a badass. Better the forearm than them balls, though. You know what I mean? In them shorts. He was like, stra- yeah, it was uh, with some gr- uh, grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to watch me climb the rope? <laughs> oh my All right, Nikki, you got anything before we get out? Uh, don't be a bad sportsman shipper. Yeah, okay. English, not our thing. Yeah. I just want to compliment Nelson. you on the, the interview of M. Shadows today, man. It was a really good interview, a really solid, and, and I think you drew a lot of stuff out of him that other guys haven't in other interviews. I don't do interviews. Con- conversations. Yes. Excuse me. I hate that word. I know I used it earlier. Oh, then I don't feel so bad. <laughs> That's why I'm not even saying anything. I just let him say what he wants to say. I thought you say. were going to thank me for saving your life. Oh, son of a gun. I've already forgotten. How quickly did I forget? Thank you for saving my life. In the hypothetical panda situation. <laughs> Playing the part of the panda is Nelson. <laughs> Playing the part of the panda owner, then it's the Heimlich maneuver is Jason Bailey. All right, uh, please give us a follow on the Instagram at Listen to the BS. Also, same for Facebook on YouTube at the Bailey Show. Uh, the entire conversation. Hmm? 
with M Shadows is up there. <laughs> the Odyssey app, get that. Download the podcast, please. Also, thebaileyshow.com. Look, give yourself a great and safe rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3. Amber! That's enough nonsense for today. This has been The Bailey Show. What?